Steel Toes and Scoreboards Podcast. Like us on Facebook and Twitter. Hey, Kurt, you want a hot take? Yeah. Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame. He was a great two-strike hitter. Bill Lambeer would have made Shaq piss himself. You really think so? It's Shaq, dude. Absolutely. Oh, for sure. Fun fact, Kurt. I love deep stats. Good research, bro. (laughs) Word association. Greatest of all time. Tell me how you really feel about pro sports. These contracts are out of control. Some people might not like that. Well, I'm going to piss some people off. (laughs) Well, I mean, you sure will. (laughs) You're the baseball guru, though, man. Shout out to my coach, Joe Rodmaker. Well, it is a digital world these days. Yeah, I'm an analog man. Tiger Woods. Mount Rushmore, bro. Coach Bobby Knight. IU misses him, no doubt. Times have changed. But for the better of the worst. Well, that's that's arguable. I'll tell you right now, though. I'm, uh, it's modern age. I'm not drug testing for pot anymore in any sport. It's a damn plant. <laughs> they fire and suspend these guys for... Weed? Ridiculous. I'm a fountain sure of bet. useless pro wrestling. Sure bet. Sure bet. Sound like Adam Sweet. Sure bet. <laughs> he was a role model for millions. Rest in peace, Mamba. Team Ali. Team Tyson. You know what? Fuck it. You're baseball's new commissioner. Oh, I don't want that job. <laughs> oh, horse shit. Come on, bro. Magic versus Bird. What a rivalry. Okay. Okay. Boost ratings. Asses in the seat. You know what? Hot take. Tap the mic. He's the best I've ever seen. Nobody compares to him. Look at his legacy. All right, guys. Another episode of Steel Toads and Scoreboards coming to you now. Jared Atkins, alongside my damn good friend, motherfucker. There's the air again. <laughs> Kurt uh, Kelly. Kurt, what's up, man? Uh, peace, brother. <laughs> oh, man. It popped the air again. Uh, we tried this two minutes ago, and I switched the cards. I don't... This fucking Technology thing. is so fickle. You're an analog man. That's right. Well, let's just push through, and I'm going to watch this son of a bitch like a hawk. I promise. Like a hawk. All right. Anyway, so recapping last week, and uh, before we recap last week, um, <laughs> uh, Dear 30 Mineral, check them out on Facebook, Deer30Mineral.com. Nice little company based down in Madisonville, Kentucky, 270-339-7731. Uh, Big rack. Big racks. They're feeding your herd quite a lot of stuff. I've seen pictures on Facebook. Uh people tagging Deer 30. Some nice uh cam photos and everything. So pretty nice deer. Huh? Uh they're looking good. I'm telling you, these guys got their shit down as far as food plots and foliage goes and everything. They got a ton of products. Of course, none better than their clock stopper. Uh that's the one I always pick out to use because that seems to be the one that they have the most success with so uh yeah got that alec check them out deer30mineral.com feed your bucks feed your herd quality shit not crappy shit so yeah you go uh don't know a man that don't like a big rack whether it's on a buck or where you know you know yeah you know uh last week two weeks ago 
three weeks ago, top ten Pittsburgh Steelers of all time. Your Steelers, right there. There's yeah, your wall. Yeah, the wall. Of Steelers. Steel. Uh, some controversy. Yeah, a little bit. Guy I used to work with reached out. Big Steelers fan. He was none too pleased that Franco Harris and Heinz Ward, the all-time rushing leader and receiving leader, being on the honorable mention list. But well, you were the lifelong yeah, Steelers well, fan. Well, I yeah. let you set the list. It's I, all right, I yeah. set the order. I mean, it's all right. I mean, I, you're a Steelers fan since '75. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's just a couple things that. Right on, brother. Right on. Right on. Man, everybody has got their opinion. Well, it's a, it was a good episode. Yeah, three oh, three hours over three hours right. of a Steelers talk. So, uh, but today, you know, we were supposed. You know, life happens. We were supposed yeah. to record last week. And uh, here we are on a Sunday. This is only the second, second Sunday, Sunday we've recorded in the era pop. Maybe we just shouldn't do these on Sundays because no, the error popped. It's, I finally listened to that episode. For those that don't remember, we did our only Sunday episode at my place uh, a month ago, the top 10 moments in sports history. And that was the episode that until this weekend, <laughs> until this weekend, I have never listened to that episode because it sucked because the audio cut in and out. I kept telling him to listen to it. You had good content. The content was yes. good. I just, the overall production of it sucked. Well. And, as I, I'm not even looking in your eyes right now. Usually I look at you when I talk, but I'm watching this fucking. Yeah, I'm, I'm watching, watching the like recorder over here. I am watching it like a hawk. But uh, <laughs> normally we record on early Friday afternoons or late Saturday nights, and this will be one of the first time I've ever left your place where I don't feel like I'm gonna die. <laughs> you know, I'm because I'm into paranormal shit and yeah, good and evil yeah. and demons, and I'm into some shit that you don't really talk about. But well, I can't help but every time I leave your house at two, three, four o'clock in the morning, I feel like I'm gonna fucking die. Well, there's a stretch there. There's a five minutes to the main highway where I'm like, I'm gonna die. There's I'm just, like, something's gonna reach out in front of my car and I'm gonna get attacked. There's a stretch or two through there. There's been some accidents. <laughs> years. I tell you what. These old hills and stuff will get you if you, you know. I feel an overwhelming presence every time I leave here in the cover of darkness at that. And, you know, 3 a.m. is supposed to be the eternal right. witching hour. It's the right. mocking, you know, the whole 666 thing. Right. Uh, so it's creepy. It's creepy as fuck. Yeah, there's a lot of dark out there when it's dark. <laughs> oh, brother. But anyways, uh, so we didn't record this episode last week, so we pushed it back and this is one I've had two weeks to prepare, and fun fact for you, I didn't tell you this at work, I took, I redid a lot of my notes because I had an extra week to prepare because I really pushed it. We recorded the Steelers episode, and I only had four days to turn around and knock right, out right. this. This is our first official what-if special, which was going to kind of be some of our meat and tater episodes, uh, and this is going to be a big one. This is Tyson and Ali, so... With the extra work here, the extra time to prepare, um, yeah. yeah. So, but uh, Tyson versus Ali, it's yeah. uh, it's a debate among sports fans uh, and boxing enthusiasts, and it brings out the best discussions, the quickest tempers, and it's full of controversy. <laughs> and here, here's the great thing about that: nobody can ever prove. Who's wrong and who's right in these debates? They've never squared off until tonight. Tonight. So right here, 
in front of a sold-out Madison Square Garden crowd inside your radio and inside our minds and 500 million people on pay-per-view because this will be the highest-grossing sports pay-per-view in history. Uh, tonight, we're going to find out because tonight, Tyson takes on Ali. Yeah. And... Uh, uh, yeah, imagine the buzz that we create. I'm telling you, I've, I, I, I've got some in my notes. I, I've got some, and you know I'm a money guy, and I love the inflation and everything. So I've got a, I've got some money stuff coming later. We're going to show just how much money this is going to bring. So, But all right, here we go. Our first Steel Toes and Scoreboards What If Specials. Uh, and before our competitors enter the ring, we're gonna we're gonna do a little spitballing and shitballing and uh, talk about it. So, uh, Muhammad Ali was born Cassius Marcellus Clay, January seventeenth, nineteen forty two. You know where? Louisville, Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, dude grew up fast and tough. A uh, lot of racial injustices towards blacks and minorities in the forties and fifties, and still today which we're not getting into that but uh the story what i found from my notes what got muhammad ali into boxing was at the age of 10 somebody stole his bicycle and it quite pissed him off show him man he said his (laughs) he he talked to the cops louisville metro police department guy's name was joseph martin one of the officers one of the deputies ali said i'm gonna beat this boy's ass to get my bike (laughs) bike back and a strange turn of events, Martin happened to train boxers. Okay. So he was he did he was a officer for you know LMPD, and then on the side he trained and he he, kid, let's see what you got. He he took a ten year old little Cassius Clay okay. Muhammad Ali under his wing and he started to train him, which you know, and uh, <coughs> excuse me, once he started to spar. And started to get in there. It's like this ten-year-old kid's got something. So he started working with him over a few years, and he started an amateur boxing career. And Ali had his first amateur fight in 1954. He won by split decision. How old was he then? Uh, well, if he was born in 42, 54, he would have been 12. 12. 12. Wow. Things times were different back then. Well, though, yeah. You know, you I mean, you know, permission slips from right. parents or sometimes people didn't give a shit, but either way. Uh in fifty six he won a Golden Gloves tournament for amateurs in the light heavyweight class. Three years later he won the national Golden Gloves Tournament of Champions as well as the Amateur Athletic Union's national title for light heavyweight. And then in nineteen sixty, as everybody knows, he won a spot on the US Olympic boxing team. Uh, and you asked me earlier when we were not recording how tall uh, Tyson was right. and the difference. Ali was six foot three. Okay. So uh, he won his first three. He was a big. He was a big guy. Right. Fast. Yeah. For a heavyweight, fast. Nimble. Yeah. Graceful. Uh, he defeated. Uh, I can't pronounce this fucking name. A Poland fighter. To win the light heavyweight Olympic gold medal. And after his Olympic victory in the 60s, so Tyson's kind of become a national hero. He comes back to Louisville and decides he's going to turn pro. And that's what he's going to do with the rest of his life. He's going to be a fighter. Or as I made the argument, not only was he a professional fighter, he was also a professional entertainer. Yeah. Because Ali understood the theater side of it all. Yes. Uh, Yes. Ali would have been a good wrestler. 
Yes. There I go. Got to got to get yeah. my wrestling shit in. Yeah, which Ollie, he had Ollie's the, done some wrestling stuff. The flair for it, probably. Uh. Anyways, uh, this is uh an important note here. Uh, he bec- he joined the uh, Nation of Islam, which uh, black Muslims, some people call them mil- uh, militants, in '64, which was a scary thought. A pissed off Ali is a scary thing. <laughs> uh, then he can't called himself Cassius X, and then uh, eventually he changed his name to Muhammad Ali. Uh, he was kind of a different kind of cat. Uh, yeah. He was drafted to Vietnam, and he refused to serve on the grounds that he was a practicing Muslim minister with religious beliefs that prevented him from fighting. So they arrested Ali for committing a felony, and he was stripped of his world title and his boxing license in 67. So this is when he's in his prime. He's suspended. So he's out for three years. Uh, you know, eventually all charges get dropped, and he was sentenced to prison, and then, or sent to prison, charges dropped, da 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 da. Uh, and he returned back to the ring in the 70s. Um, Ali's career record. 56 wins, 5 losses, and 37 knockouts before his retirement from boxing in 1981. Uh, so there's a brief little Ali history. Mike Tyson, on the other hand. Tyson was born June 30th, 1996 in Brooklyn. Uh, his father, you know, his father just was, uh, he was a hell of a guy. He up and bailed on his on Mike and his two siblings and their mother. Uh, and they decided Brooklyn was not a safe place to be, so they moved not too far down the road to Brownsville, a Brooklyn sur- suburb, which in all intents and purposes had an even higher crime rate, so that didn't make a lot of fucking sense. Uh, okay. Uh, Tyson was the victim of bullying, so in order to protect himself, he started to learn how to street fight. Uh, his mother tried to keep him under her thumb, that didn't happen. Tyson ended up... It's funny because Tyson ended up learning how to fight to protect himself, but then he got mixed in with the wrong people and started to join a gang that would mug uh, old women for money and uh, rob stores and... Thugs. Yeah, thugs, yeah, basically young thugs. And then uh, Tyson was arrested you know, several times as a young man. Huh. They put him in a school for boys in upstate New York, and that's where he met a counselor named Bob Stewart, who had been an amateur boxing champion. Tyson wanted Stewart to show him the ropes and teach him everything he knew, and Stewart would do it on the condition that Tyson would stay out of trouble, work harder in school, and when he was released from the boys' home, kept his ass out of trouble, uh, which he did. Tyson also bettered himself inside the boys' home. He really put towards his studies. Uh, and then he was, uh, what What I found interesting, I watched the one of several, ty- I've had two weeks to prep. So I've done a lot, in addition to my research and my notes, I've done a lot of film study. I watched a documentary on Tyson. Uh, he was so excited about Stuart teaching him how to box that he would get up out of bed in the middle of the night and just shadow box for hours. Just up against the wall. He wanted to know everything he could know about boxing. Like, this had got a hold of him. Consumed him, yeah. Yeah. So, by the time 1980 got here, Stewart decided he had already shown Tyson pretty much everything he could show him. He needed 
more assistance, and that's when he got introduced to Stewart's friend, the legendary Cus Diamato, who lived in upstate New York. I think it was upstate New York. It might have been south. I didn't look that up. But Catskill, New York. That'd be it. Catskill. Yeah. So it was Cus Diamato. Uh, D'Amato took an interest in young Tyson and gave him a place to stay. They had a nice big house, a lot of room and board, so some of the guys that D'Amato would work with would end up staying there. So Tyson had a home there. Uh, it's important to know that Cus D'Amato uh, had had some promising fighters, Floyd Patterson, yeah. uh, Jose Torres, and, and others. Uh, but upon meeting Tyson and seeing him spar the first couple times, Cus said this is going to be the greatest world champion to ever live. So he was, yeah, he was pretty high on him. Uh, Cuss basically told him, you stay here with me and I'll take you to the moon. Uh, and it's interesting to note that the relationship between these two, this aging 70, 80 year old white man and this teenage young African American kid, like Cuss was like a father to it. Yeah. 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 Like Mike thought the absolute world of him, uh, Cuss was on him training all the time, all the time. Uh, while he was in high school, during the day, uh, you know, he'd be thinking about boxing. He'd get home from school in the evenings. They'd be out in there training in the ring. Cat was, uh, Cuss was always train, train, train. And then uh, Tyson's kind of doing some amateur stuff. Uh and then in 82, he lost his mother. She died of cancer. Uh, then that kind of messed him up a little bit. Yeah. He lost his train of thought. He got expelled from school later that year for erratic and violent behavior. Uh, he continued to finish his schooling through private tutors that Cus Diamato had set up, and he trained for the 84 Olympics. Uh, his trials didn't go that good for the Olympics. He failed to make the Olympic team. So then in 80, late 84, Custy Amato made the decision that it was time for Tyson to try to go pro, and the rest is history. So Tyson, uh, and I should point out that in this episode, we're talking about Tyson's 58 fights, although Tyson has now had 59 fights because this past year in November – was the Roy Jones yeah. Jr., you know, the, the charity fight yeah. or whatever. I didn't count that because I, I probably should have, but I didn't put. So every bit of notes in here is the 58 fights. The 59 total fights would have been with Jones, right. but I think that was more for just shits and giggles and chairs. So I didn't put that in here. Right. So if you take that fight out of the wasn't, equation. Wasn't for a title or anything. Yeah. If you take that out of the equation, Tyson had 58 fights in his professional career. He, uh, 50 of those fights, he won 44 of them by knockout. And the fights he did not win, he officially lost six, two of them falling into the no category contest. So, there's a brief history. Now we're really going to start to move into some shit. And I I, got to tell you, you can see right here on your table. Yeah. This is one of our (laughs) sleeves from work. (laughs) There's a whole lot of packets of papers in yes, there. I had information on the interwebs. I had information printed out. There's highlights everywhere. And then talking my notes. But uh, So I had a certain way that I was going to run this. 
<laughs> you just get pulled out and look at look, there's all there's all kind of shit in there it looks like it's pump pool it, it is i bet you there's 70 fucking pages in there that printed off <laughs> i'm not gonna say where i printed that off at but you should know it wasn't at my house and i didn't have to pay for paper <laughs> so yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right kurt so let's let's move on a little bit here uh Let's. I want to start. I want to talk about the era of time that both these guys fought in here. Uh, these are two completely different eras in time. Boxing was different. Uh, these two missed each other by just short of yeah. about a decade, yep. or so, or less than a decade. Uh, Ali retired a handful of years before Tyson went pro, like five years, six years. Uh, the heavyweight fighters in my, Muhammad Ali's era. I put in my notes in the quotes, cream of the crop. There, there's no denying that. These are tough guys, rugged yeah. men, all born in the first half of the 20th century. They only knew one thing. Men were tough. You show no weakness. All these era in the 60s and 70s was considered by many, and some still make the argument, and I, I make the argument sometimes, too. Tyson's era, or Ty, Ali's era in the 60s and 70s, uh, was probably the best for heavyweight boxing. Oh yeah, Sonny Liston, George Foreman, <laughs> yep. Joe Frazier, Frazier Ernie yep. Shavers, yep. Ken Norton, Floyd Patterson, Cleveland Williams, and Ollie beat them all. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I told you I wouldn't make a. You, you talked about Yankees earlier, and I said I wasn't going <laughs> to make a Yankee. The twenty-seven Yankees, they always make a. There's a phrase for that for all their hitters. You remember what they call it? Murderers Row. Murderers Row. Ali fought the most Mur- proverbial yeah. form of murderer's row in boxing yeah. history. Do you like that? Yes. You like that? Yeah. That's exactly what I put in my notes. Yes, that's pretty good. Uh, uh, and that's so true. I mean, yeah, I fucking it was. The guys were monsters, man. Dude, I, Ali said, <laughs> I got this in my notes. I don't want to get too far ahead. I don't think anybody ever hit Ali harder than what George Foreman did. Why do you think there was never a rematch? I'm not saying Muhammad Ali was scared of shit, but I'd almost be willing to fucking bet Ali never wanted another piece, even though he beat him. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think. Anyways, uh, so, and like I said, Ali beat the murderer's row. Yeah. Some by knockout, some by points. But it proved one thing. It showed you Ali was the better man in every fight. Uh, uh, I think his athletic ability. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure he was and, and to me, this was the golden era of boxing. Yeah. Um, the fight, although, and the last thing too you got to remember about Ali's era, and I put this in my notes as I look at him right now. Um, the heavyweight division back then were smaller guys than what they are now. Well, there, yeah. there were, there were. I mean, they were big guys, but a lot of them were tall and lanky. Like, right. Uh. You could almost say it was lightweights or middleweights boxing in the heavyweight division almost. Yes. I mean, uh, and the schedule at, at and the pace at which them guys fought back then, one fight after another, one fight after another, one oh, fight yeah. after another. Yeah, take They're, a toll. Yeah. Uh, to me, Ali's era was probably the greatest era in boxing. Now, let's flip that on the flip side of things. What about Ali's or uh, Tyson's era? So... This was during a time in the 80s and 90s where not only the heavyweight division, but I believe the whole sport of boxing itself was down in popularity, down in viewership. Yep. 
That's not to say Tyson didn't face some good competitors, maybe a few great ones. But this just wasn't on the same level as what Muhammad Ali faced. Right. Tyson had some good fights too. Marvis Frazier. David Jaco was one of my favorite. He knocked David Jaco the fuck out. Yeah. Uh, Mark Young, Mitch Green, Trevor Burbick. And you mentioned this at work. You loved, you were talking about the Michael Spinks thing yeah. at work last yeah. week. Yeah. Uh, and then he had Frank Bruno, Larry. To understand this, Tyson was 36 and 0 before he suffered his first loss. And you know who that was against? Uh, Buster. Buster Douglas. Was- I don't care what anybody says. I'll die on this hill. You know I always make these. Here's a hot take. A lot of people are like, oh, yeah, you could tell Tyson was going to. No. Nobody saw Buster knocking. No. no. If you, uh, you're full of shit, yeah, nobody saw that Tyson coming. Tyson was waiting, waiting through people. Just. And the funny part was I watched that fight. I don't know if you watched it this yeah, week. For, yes. Tyson had control of that fight for I don't know if I'd say the majority, but at least half, half of, it. of it. Yeah. And then it was what round eight or nine or somewhere, and, 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 and everybody was waiting for the knockout. Tyson to go on one of them the mad sprees. Fury, yeah, mad fury uh, and a flurry of fist and the fuck. It just didn't happen. It didn't happen. And the longer he let Buster Douglas uh, jab him in the forehead with. <laughs> well, and I put this in my notes here, and correct me if I'm wrong, and I want your opinion on this before we go any further. I put right here in my notes. I'm going to read this quote. Like I said, Mike had several good bouts against good opponents or some great bouts against good foes, but did Tyson ever have any great fights against great fighters? I'll tell you. You want want to tell me what you think or you want me to tell you what I think? Let's hear it. I said my notes. The answer is no, but it comes with two caveats for the reasons. Okay. So here we go. Uh, first of all, it's the fact that many people probably will put Tyson in the top five, top three of all time. Hell, I make the argument Tyson probably belongs in the top five. Would I put him in top three? I don't know. Every sports episode we do, we talk about a Mount Rushmore. Right. And then I always cheat to find a fifth guy <laughs> because I say, whoever you put on Mount Rushmore, you're carving this face out right. of. I would put Tyson probably on the mount rushmore boxing that's a hot take that's a hot take but i think a lot of people back me up on that uh, yeah but (sighs) did he ever have any great bouts against great talent the answer is no but it comes with two reasons first of all tyson never stepped into the ring against tim witherspoon in the 80s no which i was Obviously, born in 87. I don't remember this, but throughout the years of, and especially the research, that was a fight people wanted to see. And then Tyson never stepped in the ring with George Foreman in the 90s, no. which is another fight yep. that everybody, that one I can remember hearing people talk yep. about. They wanted to see Tyson versus Foreman, which nobody ever hit Ali harder than what Foreman did. And Ty, that would have been, that would have been a fight. Yeah, that that would have been a fight. It was a good fight. Uh, you know, those were two two fights: the Witherspoon fight and then the Foreman fight that people clamored about. They talked about, and we'll never know. And the second reason, you know, about Tyson, Tyson lost his biggest bouts against the greatest fighters and greatest talent. He lost the two bouts with Holyfield. Uh, the Lennox Lewis fight in 2002, which at that time they sold out the Pyramid in Memphis. 
in like hours. <laughs> that was a fight. I I remember I, 2002. I would have been a an eighth grader going into my freshman year. I I think this was the only boxing pay per view Dad ever bought because Dad wasn't much into boxing. But you know we talked about it for months. I gave up half my allowance just to convince mom and dad to buy it. So, right. And you know, anyways, but uh, I digress. Heavyweights and Tyson's era, though, they were bigger guys, big, bigger. stronger, scary. Um, technical difficulties. I had a little window pop up on my computer here. That out of the way. It was dull mowing. Yeah, I hear. Mowing. I hear yeah, it now. Yeah, the mower's running. <laughs> Chasing the grass. It's bonus content. Bonus content. <laughs> but but uh, they're bigger, stronger guys. But the heavyweights in Tyson's era have moved a little bit slower. And I believe, hot take, hot take, uh, they didn't have the ring IQ that the <laughs> fighters in the golden era did. Exactly. The ring IQ. There you go. Uh, Big time. But in, in, in Tyson's defense, defending Tyson a little bit here, we was talking about where he belongs and the Mount Rushmore and the Cavett. I don't, and me and you talked about this uh, earlier, and I, I, hell, I don't even remember. We might have talked about it when we first turned the recorder on. I don't remember Ali ever wanting to give Foreman a Rumble in the Jungle 2 rematch. No. So, I mean, anyways. So, <laughs> what a gladiator sport, right? I tell you what, out of all the film study I've watched this week, and in the last two weeks, and I watched a lot. I watched all three Ali Frazier fights. I watched Ali and Foreman the Rumble in the Jungle, Tyson and Lewis, Tyson and Spent. Like I've watched them all. That Rumble in the Jungle against Foreman that was a pretty good fight. Oh my God, I love boxing. Nobody ever wants to talk about boxing I, anymore. I dig boxing. I, I can remember the guys. Now. Uh, what else? Well, go uh, ahead. Ali, he just, like you said earlier, the, the showmanship part of the, his fighting was very Think de- about detrimental, this. What very, I very can, detrimental to boxing. I mean, I don't ever remember hearing, and you know, you grow up, you become a fan of sports, and I grew up, you know, my obsession with wrestling, I talk about it every episode. Which, by the way, speaking of that, we'll have something to talk about at the end of the episode <laughs> about wrestling. I got something you'll get a kick out of. Uh, but, um, I've never seen a showman for boxing. And I think it was Ollie was a smart, smart dude. He was a smart son of a bitch. He's like, okay, how else can I move tickets? Because these guys aren't these guys are getting paid for the fights, right. but you're gonna get paid more the more people you bring into the building. Right. right. So all right. Uh anyways, let's uh Oh no. Oh no, Kurt, we had a technical difficulty. Let me uh move move my mouse down here. Please stand by. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now let's take a look at some key wins and losses here. Uh, we'll look at Tyson first. Ty- like I said, Tyson had 58 fights, 50 wins, 44 by knockout or TKO, six losses, two no contest. Tyson had a 74.6% knockout percentage. Many of his wins averaged out to be in the closing minutes of round three. Of those six bouts he lost, they averaged out to fall into round seven, meaning Tyson could hang for a little bit. Tyson won 53% of his fights by TKO, 30.5% by knockout, uh, 9% by 
or eight percent by universal decision or unanimous, sorry, and uh, three point six by referee's decision and three point six by DQ. Tyson reaches peak during the eighties. Yeah. Just think about that. He started in the eighties. He dominated the second half of the decade like few boxers could before him. And for five years, his fights were a string of those almost interrupted KOs or TKOs where the referee had to stop the fight so Tyson didn't kill the other guy. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. He's a beast. And, and like I said, I want to make this point again. 36-0. and 0, Before his loss, yeah. I think people overlook this, but this is what helped build the legend. 36 straight wins is impressive, but the majority... The, I mean, the fashion that he won in fights too was just mostly knockouts and TKOs. You know, it was just devastating to the opponent. I mean, boom, 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 boom. You know, here he'd come right to the body, right to the body, you know, and that as soon as he yes. double over after a second, right there, to the fucking uppercut. jaw, uppercut, short left hand over the top, uh, one of the hardest short left hand punches. I, I'm off. I love it, bro. I love it. Yeah, devastating. Uh, his biggest loss, though, to me, is not going to be the whole. It's going to be the 1990 Buster Douglas fight. That his first loss, probably his most embarrassing loss, uh, because like I said, Tyson dominated half that fight, if not the majority of it, and then they get to yeah. round eight, nine, ten, somewhere in there. For some and, reason, he didn't work body in that fight. I don't think near like, not a, not like he did. did not enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um. You know, they, and then the two fights with Holyfield. He struggled against Holy. And you know what? I'm going to go ahead and come out and say it. Um, I kind of forgot how bad of a man Evander Holyfield was, he, he too. Was bad. <laughs> yeah. I used to play Evander Holyfield boxing all the time on the Nintendo as a kid because, you know, I didn't wasn't around for, you know, punch out with Tyson right. like you were. But Holyfield was a bad Yeah. Style. It, it and, didn't uh, match. The style fight didn't match up for Tyson. I mean, Evander could fight in close too, you know. And that's I think that was part of what fucked Tyson was his refusal to admit that Holyfield was technical on his level as well yes. or better than and it frustrated him. I mean he got DQ'd in the rematch right. after losing the first one. Right. Uh and then towards the end of Tyson's career, while he was still a bad man, I, I, it just looked like he lost a step or two. His last ten fights, he went three, five, and two, starting with back-to-back losses and ending with back-to-back losses. So, yeah, wow. Uh, now, as far as Ali goes, uh, he had fifty-six wins, including thirty-seven knockouts, five losses. Ali had a sixty percent knockout percentage, not bad numbers. Uh, many of his wins averaged to be in almost nine rounds. Of those five bouts he lost, they averaged to be 12 rounds, meaning Ali could take it to the distance, and more than likely right. you were going to be in for a long right. day because he was going to make you work for it. That was his style of fighting, yeah. Uh, Ali boxed, and uh, I, I've got Tyson's number somewhere in here. It's in the 200 range, but Ali boxed almost 550 rounds. Tyson's up there in the 200 range somewhere. I don't remember the difference. I didn't really. I've never really thought about the amount of rounds. That 549 rounds. You're getting your head beat in. And That's a lot of fight time. Yeah, it is. Uh, Ali, 34% of his wins came by knockout. 32% came by. Uh, no shit, I messed up. 34% came by knockout. 
32% came by unanimous decision. 18% came by uh, TKO. 9% came by referee's decision. And 49 uh, came by a DQ. Uh, Ali started his overwhelming career 31-0. Fun fact for you, for your film study this week, do you know where Ali's first professional loss was? Uh, Smoking Joe Frazier. Okay. uh, Fight of the century, the first of their trilogy. Uh, Which would have been, see, what year was that? uh, 71. I was born in 71, so I... 71-ish. I I wouldn't quite remember that. Well, 70-71, I think. 71. I think. I Fuck, I got it in the notes somewhere. I mean, the era right before Tyson would have been... one I really remember would have been like uh, Sugar Ray Leonard, Thomas Hearns. Damn it. I, he banned her holy pill. I put it in the notes. It was somewhere in the 70s. I can't fucking remember now. I want to say it was 71. But anyways. Either way, I'm just trying to think. I, I wouldn't yeah, be very no. old at the time. So. Uh, this, this past two weeks, I've watched more... Ali fights and highlights than I think I ever did growing up. And I watched some of it growing up. He was a showmanship. Yeah. He, he was a great man, <laughs> yeah. beloved by everybody. He changed the world. Uh, and I've watched a lot of Ali stuff. And the trilogy with him and Frazier was probably my favorite Ali fights. You know, Frazier got him in the first fight, right. and then Ali got him two in a right. row. Uh, if you go back to 64 to 65, you have the fight with Sonny Liston and the sequel that Ali won. Uh, it's long since debated, and for those of you get in your Google machine, it, it's it's debated heavily. The second Sonny Liston fight, they fought back-to-back, um, two fights in a row with each other. So uh, It's been debated for years. Uh, Sonny Liston threw the second fight to cover a debt to the... To the mafia, which if you watch the fights, there are some things in there where it's like, man, he fell kind of. <laughs> yeah, and I, I don't know, I don't know. I'm, yeah, you know, whatever. Hey, Benny. <laughs> uh, oh, no. You know, I want to touch base here on a few of the key losses. March thirty first of seventy three, the fight against Ken Norton gave Ali his second loss. He broke his jaw. <laughs> Ken Norton broke Muhammad Ali's jaw in the second round. And Ali continued to fight, thinking it wasn't a big deal, for ten more rounds. He fought with a fucking broken broke jaw. jaw. Ten, ten more rounds. And what? How many minute rounds? Five or three? Oh, I think there were three-minute rounds. Three-minute rounds? Well, either way, it's uh, pretty impressive. Or- and then the two, two of the other key losses, and I put them in here just because to me it's key because it was the end of his career uh the final two fights of his career gave him his fourth and fifth losses that was against larry holmes and trevor burbick uh ollie looked kind of rough and fragile in those fights uh that was during his late 30s early 40s era uh and in the home the fight against larry holmes i put this in my notes right here as i look at this and i I forgot i put this in here uh, I did a lot of research on this this week. Ali was suffering from um, hypothyroidism yeah. or something. He didn't look. His his medication, he claims, played a big part in his eventual loss 
uh, in his defeat, which basically is kind of more like Holmes didn't beat me. Muhammad Ali beat Muhammad Ali. Uh, the drug he was using at the time uh, called Thigh Roller made him sluggish. So, right. you know, whereas, you know. His father time was working against him, dude. <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. So I put here in my notes, which I kind of shot myself in the foot a few minutes ago. I put on my notes here, as and I tried to, I tried so hard to format this in such a such a way, but sometimes I don't, I forget and things don't always come. But you know, no I think worries. we do, we do pretty yeah, good here. Yeah. Uh, where do these two great boxers rank all time? The sport of boxing has many greats. Oh, you yeah. know, the heavyweight, especially the heavyweight division. No offense to the smaller guys. I think boxing. I think heavyweight. 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 Oh yeah. Uh, and this gets me excited, especially, you know, I love debating sports, especially when you do top 10 lists like we've done a few of, or when you do GOAT lists or Mount Rushmore right. lists, boxing is no different. So this one's hard for me to to rank if one of these guys is the greatest of all time, but I can tell you this, and we touched on it a minute ago, um, I put both these guys on the Mount well, Rushmore yeah, boxing. Definitely, definitely. Now, do I put Ali as the mountain you carve it out of? I don't know. There's a lot of great heavyweight fighters. But one thing's for sure, Tyson and Ali are both on boxing's Mount Rushmore. Round one. <laughs> well, we're getting there. Close to round one. So here, so here we go. Uh, so if we're going to fight these guys tonight, and they're going to go toe-to-toe, um, we're gonna do it in their prime. Yes. Yeah. So, what was the prime for both of these guys? Okay. So, in the steel toes and scoreboards universe, and you have basically put me in charge of the research. Just um, and if he if he denies this, he's lying. He kind of gives me the looks at work, like just don't make us sound stupid. We do a good enough job of that on our own. So. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I hit the wrong one. <laughs> he kind of does, folks. He kind of just, just don't make us look stupid. We do a good enough job that on our own. He does a great job, Jared. You do I, a great job. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. High five. And I tell you what, I couldn't do this fucking show without you. But in the Steel Toes and Scoreboards universe, I am in charge. So I have booked the fight in Madison Square Garden, which we'll get to that down the line. But we're talking about what guys we're seeing. For me... <laughs> Muhammad Ali's prime was the 63 to 67, right before he was suspended for the Vietnam draft dodge. Now, a lot of Ali purists will say his prime was actually only a two-year run from 65 to 67, which would have put from day one, or excuse me, 65 to 67. And then there's also a small chattering of people on the internet who say his prime was from day one until the fight against ken norton in 76 but for me tonight muhammad ali's prime is the four to five year run from 1963 to 1967 this is the same ali who knocked out professional football player charlie powell with a round three knockout january 63 it's important to know this by the way ali accurately predicted ko's in 13 of his 14 Victory, which we'll get to that later. This is the same Ali that beat Sonny Liston twice. This is the same Ali that beat Floyd Patterson, capping off an incredible three-fight schedule from February 25th, 1964 to November 22nd, 1965. 
after these three fights, Ali would eventually go from Cassius Clay to Muhammad Ali after the first Sonny Liston victory. The prime era, Ali faced off in front of record-breaking crowds at the Houston Astrodome on November 20, November 14, 1966 and February 6, 1967 against Big Cat Cleveland Williams and Ernie Terrell. And uh, these fights were also... <laughs> These I I've seen clips of the Big Cat fight and the Ernie Terrell fight. These were a thing of beauty to me because it just showcased the showmanship of Ali, uh, his ability to just fucking to rile up a sold out yeah. arena crowd and get the guys yeah. frustrated. And he danced around the ring and control a fight, drag. He was mind fucking his opponent, yes. and it is a thing of beauty. And as the further we get in this episode and the breakdown and the mashup, psychology is a big part. Uh, you know, sports fans can make argument on which era Ali was really in his prime, but tonight for this show, it's 1963 to 1967. So Tyson, same thing. A lot of Tyson fans try to debate down to the exact year. But for me and us, it's uh, his... 36-0 run, which would have been March 3rd, 85, to February 11th, 1990, which is the night Buster Douglas put his ass to sleep. Yeah. So, did you fire up a cigarette? Yes, I did. I'm going to fucking have one, too, because yeah. get, I'm getting excited. Yeah. You know, we've done, what, 10 or 12 episodes now? Yeah. This one's probably going to be my favorite, because I'm yeah. passionate about this one. I, I, I can tell. That's cool. Uh, I dig boxing, too, man. It's just uh, a dying sport now. It, it I hate is, to say, everybody is. wants MMA, and I fucking love MMA. But man, where's the boxing love? But yeah. Whoa. Anyways, uh, to me, Tyson's career really started to to wind down a little bit after the the loss to Buster Douglas. He would have four more fights after that. That's when he got sentenced to prison on the rape charges for three years. Uh, but that five year, thirty seven fight run. Uh, was Prime Tyson, and you know he goes thirty six and one in that era, and that's the Tyson that's stepping into the ring tonight with Muhammad Ali. Tyson fought a he he fought a, a slew of guys, dude. Like, and some of them had talent, significant yep. talent. Yeah. Some of them had significant. Michael Spinks, Spinks was not a fucking that's, pushover. That's right. Yeah. And Trevor Burbick was not, not a, pushover. a pushover. There's no denying that, but. Uh, there wasn't no George Foreman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there wasn't no... I guess what the point I'm trying to make is Tyson's prime is a hell of a highlight reel. So, okay. Now, here is where one of the things I get excited about. Social media. <laughs> Facebook, Twitter, right. Instagram, LinkedIn. So, social media has changed the world. Yes. Okay. Now, can you imagine if this fight took place in 2021? Oh, my oh, God. Oh, you can't. Well, it is. In our universe, it is. That's why we're doing this for you. Steel Toes and Scoreboard Universe. This fight is taking place tonight, August 1st, 2021. And the reason I brought this up is because this is where I start to get into some good shit and some make you think. So, this is an era of in the world right now where it's athletes are driven by self-promotion technology. So, that being said, could you imagine these two guys fighting off in this era with social media being oh, present? Holy crap. 
it would be you'd be you'd be having advertisements run across oh, YouTube yeah. and Facebook and, yeah. and everywhere. So the hype around this not a person in the world would not know not know about it. Not know about it. So this this you're, unless you're a tribe from uh, southeastern Indiana. I mean India living <laughs> under a rock. So so with a fight this big and this hype, you're gonna have to put a name on this fight. So do you reuse the fight of the century for Ollie versus Fraser one, or do you create something new? And, you and create something. Okay, new. well these are some examples. I put my notes okay. and they <laughs> suck, dude. Like I'm gonna hit the laugh track on every one of them. But do you call it like the clash of the millennium? Uh, the biggest battle in boxing. Fifteen rounds from greatness. It'd be tough, wouldn't it? The brawl that beats them all. <laughs> or this one. This one's kind of cool. Zero hour at the garden. There you go. Damn. I applaud everyone. I fucking, did you hear that? Yeah. I, People forget about that. That's supposed to be a laugh. Here, God damn it. I, I fucked I like, up. I like the last one, man, for sure. Zero hour at the garden. Yeah. They suck, but, but the point is, you, you have to give a title. You have to put a right, tagline on right. this fight. Um, I'm sure there'd be some good promoter out there that would come up with some something cute and catchy, right. but all the sanctioned bodies in boxing are going to be there, right? And that's why we're putting it in Madison Square Garden, the world's most famous arena. You know, twenty yes. twenty five thousand fans, prime time too. And I guarantee you, the Gardens tickets would sell out in under an hour. Oh yeah, I'd be willing to bet sell it in a half hour. Four or five years ago or so, ahead of UFC two hundred five, which was. The Conor McGregor Eddie Alvarez fight. Okay, they set a record sellout at the gate of over seventeen million dollars. The previous record was set in nineteen ninety nine by Evander Holyfield and Lewis for eleven million dollars, which would be about seventeen and a half million dollars in today's money. Okay, this fight would smash that, <laughs> and I don't mean like an extra five million dollars. No. Everybody in the world would be trying to get those Madison Square Garden tickets. Yes. And especially if you promoted this fight for like six months to a year, you had plenty of time. Yeah. Uh, uh, MSG could fucking charge $10,000 a ticket if they wanted. Yeah. 20000 yeah. People would pay, pay this it. money uh, because everybody would be trying to get into the garden. I promise you. Dude, you're talking a minimum of a thirty to fifty million dollar gate. Oh yeah. In my mind, in the way we're setting it up tonight, a fifty million dollar gate. Okay. I get passionate when I talk about the money part of it. Okay. So, the pay per view aspect would be phenomenal too. You know, this is the remix fight of the century. Or, well, I, I should take that back. I messed up my notes here. The remixed fight of the century, or May Pack, was what was being called for Floyd Mayweather versus Manny Pacquiao. May 2nd, 2015, which, by the way, getting off track to this day, broke my heart because I wanted to see Manny, because I fucking love Manny Pacquiao. I wanted to see Pacquiao. They always talked about if they'd fight, and I used to put on social media all the time, if they ever got in the ring, Pacquiao was going to knock him the fuck out. And Floyd danced his way to another fucking, I swear, you know. Two different The thoughts. NFL lets Tom Brady win Super Bowl rings. 
the referees made sure that Floyd Mayweather's unbeaten streak stayed intact. That's true. Well, yeah. Hot take right hot there. Take, I don't yeah. even give a hot yeah, take. For sure. But. Absolutely. So, the remix fight of the century, Maypac. It earned $4.5 million in pay-per-view buys and a grand total of $400 million in total revenue. Merchandise, pay-per-views, gate. That's essentially $5.2 million and $443 million in 2021 money. So in my mind, and this might be a stretch, but God damn it, this is Steel Toes and Scoreboards <laughs> Universe. By that measure, once in a lifetime, Mike Tyson versus Muhammad Ali $100 million on pay-per-view. <laughs> I'm just letting that sink in for a minute. Yeah. I'm looking at my... I believe total... I don't know. Maybe not 100. I, I put my um, notes right here. You're looking at upwards of $750 million to $1.5 billion in revenue. Promote, I mean, ticket sales, pay-per-view, merchandise, <sighs> concessions, like everything. I believe total revenue for everything attached to this fight, you're looking at $750 million to $1.5 billion. Wouldn't that be conservative, though, too? Because I, To me, if, that's if, if pretty would, extravagant. If it would happen, they're going to make money off that for a long, long, long time. Could you imagine the rematch? Hang on, hang on. Well, I don't want to get there. You're, you looked at me. There's something in my notes about that further on down the line. But, uh, and I believe that could happen. Seven, 750 oh, yeah. million. This is a sporting event like right. nobody's ever right. going to see. Like, everybody, myself included, I would pay the price gouging prices of pay per view in MSG to watch this. It would give anything UFC, it would give them guys a run. Now, as far as the money goes on, on who gets paid what, this, this to me, Tyson and. All are class acts, and even if Tyson acts like a dumb fuck sometimes, <laughs> I don't believe it's about the money for these two. So, just for perfect harmony in the Steel Toes and Scoreboards universe, we're they're gonna split the money 50 50. Right on, you know, the winner should get a bigger purse, but you know, whatever. Uh, you know, these guys meant a lot to each other. Mike Tyson was a pallbearer at yep. Muhammad Ali's yep. funeral. Yep, I've seen a couple clips on that. Uh, Will Smith YouTube was too, by the way. Arsenio Hall clips with Tyson and Ollie as guests. That's pretty good. So, (laughs) the last thing I put, the promos. The money, the social media, the promos, it all ties in. This would be some of the best, most entertaining shit ever to watch these two guys. No disrespect to Mike. Tyson was scary. You know, he also had the lisp, though. But if you talk about Ollie would eat him up on a microphone. Oh, yeah. I mean, for, I mean uh, hands down, Ollie's going to win a war awards between these two. Yeah. That, so. That would definitely play a factor into the fight. Okay. So, I think before we get into some meat and taters, because then we're going to start doing the breakdown. Let's, uh, let me get my shit ready here. And uh, we we're going to plug an unofficial sponsor. So, let's see if this works this time for us, Kurt. Nope, that's not the right one. Check out Main Street Designs LLC in Jasper, Indiana. They're a small business engraving, uh, laser engraving, excuse me, uh, direct garment printing. They offer vinyl decals, personalized items for you or your business. 
They're going to be the ones that make the Steel Toes and Scoreboard shirts, and they've offered to make a logo for us and everything. They're really good at what they do, too. Oh, man, I see their shit on Facebook all the time. Anyways, Main Street Designs, LLC, and Jasper. Check them out. Give them a phone call at 812-661-7765 or 812-661-7488. All right, we are 53 minutes in, son, and now this is my favorite part of this, the breakdown and comparison here. And I want to cover my ass. So for this breakdown and comparison, I want to shout out a whole bunch of people. I want to shout out Boxing Guru. I want to shout out Fight Records. I want to shout out Bleacher Report, USA Today, YouTube, the LA Times, uh, the New York Times, the uh, the New York Post, uh, so many callous others. Basically, I just want to thank a lot of people because... This is a what if special, our first ever what if special, uh, our second attempt at one, but our yeah. first to record one. Um, so it's 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 crazy how I had to try to format this together, and I'm glad I found some templates and I borrowed some shit. But most of what I've got on here is a lot of my opinion, but also I've incorporated some of their shit in it. So uh, I found a formula. And this is what we're going to go with. Uh, it's hard to compare two fighters from two different eras, especially when they never had a common, yeah. really common opponent. Like, I mean, you know, the last two fights, Ali fought Holmes and Burbick and Ty. Yeah, anyways. Uh, so, the number one point here, style. How does he box? Ali was referred to some by a lot of people. As poetry emotion, and if you yeah. watch him move around the ring, oh yeah, okay. And Purpose. he had he had uh they they and this was cool. This is a direct quote from boxing guru, uh, Muhammad Ali had matrix like defense. Everybody likes the Matrix movies, which I've never seen them. I know I need to watch them. Uh, there's no shortage of uh, cool adjectives you can use to describe exactly. Ali. So, but uh. Ollie was pretty unconventional, though. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you would agree. Uh, some of the some of the shit he did just it was wrong for a lot of reasons, but it worked. I mean, you don't if it ain't broke, don't fix right, it. I guess, right. but uh, he broke a lot of rules doing shit his way. How many times did you watch film study this week? And I, his hands, they're not up in a traditional guard. Right. They're dangling at his fucking side. And he's got long arms. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I got his reach later in the notes, but I know it was an over an 80-inch reach. I don't remember what it was. He was very good at keeping a distance from... He, he would mock... Like he was mocking him. Like he was daring yeah. him to come yeah. in and hit me. Yeah. And then he would he would lean back to avoid the punches and then come back with strikes from all sorts of different and even yeah. fucking ridiculous angles. And sometimes he would just flip his hand. He wouldn't yeah. even punch. He would just yeah. flip freely. Like, uh, uh, he definitely knew how to keep the opponent at bay. Yeah. Yes. And manipulating the fight to his totally fighting style. Totally. A master. Um, which is a part of the showmanship you're talking about, the uh, entertaining part. What I what I put in my notes, and tell me if you like this here, because I think you might get a kick out of the way I word this. While Ali would work the body, 
he and he wasn't known for the knockout prowess that Tyson had. Ali was considered a headhunter, kind of a hired gun, in a way. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ali once said in his own words that I'm a heavyweight with a hand speed, foot speed, and reflexes of a welterweight. I would believe that. Yeah. I would believe that. Uh, his style was so frustrating, though. He he had the reach to land shots from a distance. That's where, yeah. But he could also throw power punches. And every, it's just, I get so excited. Like, everything he did in the ring served to create and maintain the space that he wanted to work in. Exactly. If he wanted you close, he was going to let you close. If he didn't, right. it didn't matter how great the other guy was. Ali mm. was going to control every fight because he had the speed to do it and the reach to do it. And IQ. The, and the, the ring IQ. Yes. People don't, so, so, people don't really think about that factor, the IQ. I mean, there's a, you better have a plan, I'd say, going against some of the big guys. Think about being in the ring with Ali, Okay. You're fighting a person who's taller than you and without a doubt fucking faster than you, okay? So when you're approaching, he's getting on his tippy toes and he takes a couple steps back. And then as you move faster to catch him as he's retreating, right yeah, in your face. Right, like, right. well, that killed the mic. Three or four smacks. In the- yeah. That'd be frustrating. And um, the whole time not being able to reach with your punches. So... Then he's doing this, and you're like, what the fuck? So then you go to cover your face, and then he starts fucking rocking your body. So then when you double over, here comes that Ollie uppercut right to your face. And then you, at that point, I believe, like, your natural reaction kicks into where you're just going to start throwing blind punches, you know? Right. Like a cornered dog. And as you try to figure out what to do while you're hitting blindly, Ali just blasts you in the face with another series of punches, and you go down, and no hope of getting up. Yeah. There you go, 15 seconds in the ring with the champ. Tyson, though. Tyson was a different cat. Yeah. He was a different breed of fighter, a bad man with ultra-violent intentions once yeah. the bell sounded. One of the many things that made Tyson special was what me and you talked about at work last week, I called it the peekaboo, because I've seen many people reference it online as peekaboo, and we talked about it at work. The peekaboo guard to protect his face and body. He'd come in with such a tight guard, he'd force yes. his way inside. Yes. Let him fight inside. Uh, he would drop his guard and unleash big, powerful shots. It would knock you cold, stupid in the ring, and then therein lies the rub. With his guard down, an opponent would have the chance to hit Tyson. But it was a high-risk, high-reward situation. If you attack Tyson, you were going to get hit, yes. and it wasn't going to tickle. That's right. At mo- at his most effective, Tyson was a combo puncher. Yes. On violent body shots. From close. And blows to the head that would shorten any guy's yes. night. You know? Yes. Uh Tyson often said his goal was to punch through his opponent's face. Yeah. Think about that. Yeah, I mean, I could, <laughs> he'd get right up inside there, too. And, and Fighting, for all intents and purposes, I think fighting Mike Tyson would be almost as bad, if not worse, than fighting Muhammad Ali. Yeah. 
be a tough day at the office, folks. So, um, I kind of got a brief simulation here. What I, yeah, so kind of like I did with Ali. So imagine you're standing toe to toe with Tyson. Okay, uh, you throw two punches at his peekaboo guard. It, you know, it's just Tyson just laughs kind of. Your second punch comes back. You see Tyson moving in, and then you don't know what happened. It hurts. He's already hit you. <laughs> Both sides, your, you know, your abdomen is just you're, you're double over in pain. And as you, you know, you're bent over. Here comes two left hooks, right across the cheek. You're down on the mat. Your mouthpiece spills into row fifteen. <laughs> uh, and if you can get up off the canvas, you've just experienced fifteen seconds with Tyson. So. Now, uh oh, compute technical difficulties. Let me uh, scroll down here. Tyson style, to me, opposite. It's opposite to me, but Tyson was more intimidating than Ali. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tyson could stop a fight in a hurry, but <clears throat> from the rich boxing history here, I think you have to go. With Ali in this mashup of styles. Boxing had its fair share of power punchers, but the greatest in the sport have had the ability to deliver punishment and confuse their opponents for a long period of time. Tyson kind of lacked in that. So let's look at the physical stature of them, too. I mean, Ali was bigger. Bigger. And he could. Tyson was like 5'9, 5'10, something like that. His reach was 10 inches shorter. Would Tyson be able to get up into Ali? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we'll I find don't. out. But for the styles, you keep track of this. Point to Ali for the styles. Yes. <laughs> you know, you just gonna start. I here. I yeah, tell you, you what. Go. I tell you what. Here, I got a pen over here, and I'll just let you. Uh, I'll just let you keep track of this. All right. Now I haven't decided, and I want to apologize before we go further because I told everybody all week long i was going to simulate a fight and i just ran out of time towards the end because this was a lot of work to put in on the notes even though i had two weeks so right now we're just kind of comparing them to i haven't simulated a fight so we'll either at the end simulate the fight or we'll go off this but for right now here we go going this way style point oh, ollie yeah next power I don't think this one needs debated, but we've got to touch on it briefly. All right. uh, Muhammad Ali was a good puncher, effective, consistent. Ali's KO record stands at 37. But boxing purists are going to argue that half, less than half of those were truly knockouts, which we'll get to that later. Uh, they weren't TKOs and knockouts because of some bruiser laying... You know, you just get the point. Some of them are just, it's not real knockouts. More hits than yeah. Tyson, on the other hand, scary fucking power. Oh, yeah, raw brute. Tyson had one game plan in mind: come the ring, kill you, and make it fast. Yes. Almost every single Tyson punch came at you with fury and explosiveness, and to see that to see that truly be put into place. Go back for all you out there. Hop on the Google machine. Get the YouTube. Watch his 
fight against Trevor Burbick uh, yeah. to win his first world title. The power was on full display. It's no contest. It's no brainer. I don't even have to say it any further. Uh, for the power and the punching, point advantage Tyson. Yeah. Like, I don't... Now, this next one, um, I've broke down into two. And this is speed. And why I've broke this down into two is because in boxing, you have two different kinds of speed. You have hand speed and you have foot, foot speed. speed. right? This one's a little more challenging to do, but the only way I know how to do this is to break this down. You, Like I said, you hand have hand feet. speed and foot speed. Uh, foot speed... Uh, oh, damn, I lost my place. Okay, hand speed is basically how fast the fighter can throw a punch. How fast he can get a punch off. Foot speed is how fast the fighter can move around the ring and get out of trouble. And if you're talking foot speed, it's an absolute no-brainer here that Muhammad Ali oh, yeah. gets the win as far as, as foot speed. Uh, a heavyweight of his size, even though they were smaller in his era, you nobody ever seen anybody move that fast. Light. Yeah, light. Nimble. Uh, and I don't really... I don't really have to debate that and get much more into that. On foot speed, Ali wins. Ali, yeah. Uh, now, that's not to say that Ali didn't have quick hands. Yeah. His foot speed was just more impressive. And besides, every Tyson-Ali debate, the pro-Ali guys are always going to talk about how fast he was moving around the ring, right? Okay. But now look at Kid Dynamite. For years, Mike Tyson's hands kind of get forgotten about yeah and that's we, we talked about that monday yeah. or tuesday whenever it was I was like have you seen this motherfucker just the, how fast rapid short, rapid fire short rapid punch, rapid fire powerful punches yeah so uh it was rare to see to me going back it was rare to see somebody beat tyson to the gun on getting a punch off like yeah. If you guys both, if you're, if you both threw at the same, Tyson was going to hit That's you quick. Right, yeah. So, um, uh, you know, it was rare to see anybody beat him too. Tyson could throw out six or seven shots in the in a blink of an eye before <laughs> the guy would even get one off. Yes. Due to the raw power and lethal force of which Tyson could throw his punches and the speed he can throw them, Tyson might not have been the fastest guy moving around the ring, but it's hard to see a guy throw a faster punch. Yeah. So, advantage Tyson. Now, I can see you guys through your radio right now. I can see you guys all rolling your fucking eyes. Tyson was faster in the ring as far as punches go. Ali was faster as far as overall speed moving around the Defense. ring. Yes. Yeah. Ali. Around. Ali took a lot of punishment. I was going to say from Frazier and Norton and some guys. I was going to ask you if, if strong chin is on this. It's, it's on here. Right it's on, on here. Right we'll on. get to that. It's on here. Uh, anyone who applied a decent amount of pressure to Ali could kind of. What's the word I'm looking for? Could kind of, um, kind of, cancel out his foot speed. Uh, Tyson fought a traditional stance, so he didn't waste nearly as much motion moving around the ring. When he avoided a punch, he did it with lightning, quick snap of his head. When Ali would avoid a punch, it would, you know, a lean, a foot shuffle, a trip to the corner, you know, right. dancing around the ring. 
I could say that Tyson's persistent pressure and precision punching could cancel we, he, Ali's foot speed. Well, he's going to be stalking Muhammad Ali. Through, don't you think? So, yeah. I mean. I figured I might as well stir up some controversy here. So, hand speed, advantage Mike Tyson, foot yep. speed Muhammad Ali. Ali yeah. Now, point four, chin. Yeah. Here you go. You're ready for this one, right? Yeah. Ali's chin speaks for itself. The only KO on his record, his KO loss, was his second-to-last fight in 1980 against Larry Holmes. He was 38 years old. In fact, Ali tasted the canvas less than 10 times his entire career. That's a strong, durable chin. <laughs> That's impressive. And it will have to be, if you see Waze Wards against him, the <laughs> Ali was almost a human punching bag. And he withstood it. Tyson's chin on the other story. Or Tyson's chin was another story. Not uh, Mike may have been a badass, but his chin most of the time wasn't. And he got tested a lot. Uh, and in notable bouts, he failed. So this is a real short, simple breakdown because there's not a lot to break down right here. Right. Chin advantage goes to Ali. Oh, okay, hang on just a second. All right, we're back. This is great. They like never know it's been paused until we tell. <laughs> Nature called, folks. Okay, so here we go. Point five, defense. Now, yeah, go ahead and write deaf. You want a hot take to start this? Yeah, sure. Muhammad Ali had terrible defense. And I would like to thank Bleacher Report for this specific one because I almost verbatim copy and pasted because when I read it, I was like, how in the fuck are you going to say Ali had terrible defense? Yeah, I'm thinking. So then I read, it was Bleacher Report or Boxing Guru. I don't remember. Which whatever one of you, you're never going to hear this anyways. Thank you for this. Because then after I read it, I'm like, damn, that makes sense. So... Wait. Okay, here. I'm going to read this. I directly copy and pasted this from one of the two. <clears throat> the whole Muhammad Ali show. And those are my words. I didn't copy that. The whole Muhammad Ali show basically hid his weak defense. Dancing around the ring, showboating, taunting, and trash talking, which people ate up and loved. It was commonplace. And it made people forget about his weak defense. And now here's where I start copying and pasting them. <clears throat> Go study his film. His hands are almost yeah, always down yeah, at his side. Yeah, yeah. Okay, he used speed and instincts instead of a protective guard. Then you factor in him going head hunting back in the day, which for all intents and purposes, he wasn't a knockout artist, but he was a head hunter. Okay, him leaving himself open all the time, he took a shitload of punishment. Yes. So why I say Ali... Did not have good defense. Tyson didn't have the best defense either, but Tyson's defense was leaps and bounds above Muhammad Ali. Tyson always kept a tight guard. Yes. Okay. Waiting for the opening to land the knock you the fuck out punch. Okay. And I know what you're going to say. Tyson was knocked out five times compared to Ali's one loss, right? Okay. Yeah. But Tyson didn't absorb the amount of blows or the viciousness. Yes. That what Ali had because of his type guard. Uh, Tyson would try to protect himself and try to keep his guard up. Ali was just cocky. He yeah. wouldn't do it. Yeah. 
So this is a no-brainer. Defense advantage goes to Mike Tyson. Right. I agree with that. Oh, folks, he's going pretty tight right yeah. here. Yeah. All right, this one, uh, bro. I, I just want to tell you, bro. I love doing. This. I cannot well, yeah, do this podcast without you. I mean, and uh, you got excited because oh, yeah. we're heading into what the fifth, sixth round here already now, <laughs> yeah. and it's pretty tight. Number uh, six, and this will be the one that you mentioned a cup uh, last week or the other week. Heart. This is uh, one of those things that's hard to break down because you can't accurately measure your word. What's your word? You can't accurately measure what? I got you always. You always use this word in any sport we talk about. He, this guy doesn't have a lot of this that, but he's got a lot of oh, intangibles. Intangibles. There you go. Yeah. That's that's a Kurt Kelly. That's a big word yeah. for Kurt Kelly too. <laughs> and to me, in tonight's fight. Hard is a pretty damn big intangible. Yeah. So the only way to break it down is to look at past fights, past interviews, past public events, tendencies in the ring, attitude, demeanor, all that shit. For all intents and purposes, one of the biggest things about boxing is it's simply a measurement of wills. The desire to win and keep fighting. The same piece of advice we've been given at every point in time in our life. Don't give up. Get up and keep fighting. Would training be a part of heart, too? I mean... (sighs) I just, I just thought of that. I'm maybe, sorry. maybe. I don't think I put anything in there about that. Let's look and see. I'm trying to talk. Right. That's what I was trying to try to talk the notes, not. Um, Ollie was a grinder, a warrior, heart second to none, the will to win. You want to see real heart? The first fight between Ollie and Norton, and we mentioned this earlier, September 10th, 73, sold out Los Angeles Forum. Ollie gets his jaw broke in the first or second round. Fights ten rounds with a broken jaw. That's heart. Yeah. That's heart. That's yeah. toughness. That's heart. Yeah. Ollie went down a few fights throughout his career and fell behind in points, only to come back and win against guys like Sonny Banks, Henry Cooper, Chuck Wepner. And while he took an exorbitant amount of blows during his career, he got up every single time he was put down, except for the Larry Holmes fight. That's that's heart. Unfortunately, on the opposite end of the spectrum, many people will make the argument that Tyson didn't have a lot of heart. Uh, I disagree with that statement, for, but for the majority of people, Tyson lacked heart. Some of this will tie in later when we get to our stamina endurance and psychology and mental edge. But the longer fights would go, and especially if Tyson would be fall behind, the more you've seen him just getting mopey, frustrated, yeah. uninterested. Yeah. Like, I just, I, I'm already getting yeah. the money. I want to get the fuck out of here. And one thing he never did, or maybe he simply couldn't, Tyson would never dig deep to find the heart and find the edge to come back. The son of a bitch could dominate a fight, right? but he couldn't find the heart to come well, back yeah. in a fight. I, I so, you want to talk about heart, advantage goes all the way. All right, now, number seven, mental edge, psychology. Just write psychology. Just write PSY. <laughs> you're, actually, you're actually tracking this. This is funny. Well, yeah, I mean. All right. Of all the, the breakdowns and the mashups so far, psychology, this is probably the one I've looked forward to the most. And I'll start by saying this. 
both of these guys, both of them, use psychology, mental strength, and mind games to their advantage. First things first, no fighter could ever outsmart Muhammad Ali. That's a hot take. I will die on this fucking hill. There is no fighter that Ali was ever in the ring with that could outsmart him. Frazier beat him. Big deal. Norton beat him. Big deal. Nobody could ever outsmart Ali. I agree with that. Yeah. Earlier, I mentioned the murderer's row. Ali used mind games to really soften the gap with his opponents, who might have been less intimidated by him. But I want to. I want to. I want to put this out here. The two fights with Sonny Liston, back-to-back, okay? Ali beating both fights. Ali showed up at Liston's training camp and turned it into a fucking circus, which drew attention from fans, reporters, the whole world. That's that's an edge. That's psychology. Do you yeah. need more? Yeah. July 6th of 71, four months after Ali Frazier won, Ali stepped into the ring against Jimmy Ellis in Houston, Texas. And where the mind fuck comes in here, Jimmy Ellis was for years a sparring partner for Muhammad Ali. And word of mouth and history records indicate they probably sparred close to 1,500 rounds over the years. Holy so nobody probably right. knew Ali better than Ellis, okay? Moreover, Ali's trainer at the time was Angelo Dundee. He trained Ellis, and with Ali's blessing, he was in the corner for the Ellis fight. That was a big disadvantage for Ali, but the psychologist, he's like, oh, I don't give a shit, I'll beat him anyways. <laughs> uh Ali just had this this uh, how should I confidence word this? confidence an uncanny ability yes. to psych his opponents out before they ever stepped in the ring by appearing super overconfident. Now I here mean. here I know baseball's your bread and butter, brother. Yeah. And uh, so here's a baseball reference, another one that ties directly into this. Ali had the uncanny ability to psych guys out before he stepped in the ring. Do you remember Babe Ruth calling a shot? Oh, yeah. So you remember earlier I talked about Ali predicting knockouts? Right. Roll with me, kid. Here we go. Ali basically did the same equivalent of Babe calling his shot in several fights. The more notable calls, the fight with Archie Moore in round four, Sonny Banks in round four, Charlie Powell in round four. Ali called all these knockouts. Who does this? And the name calling. Ali called Frazier and ridiculed him and called him a lot of things. Even <laughs> Ali was a colored man. He called Frazier racial slant. Like, like, oh my God. Ali, yeah. <laughs> but all that said, I wholeheartedly believe there's no way Ali would be intimidated by Mike Tyson. No. No. And Tyson used psychology too. And we're, we're getting ready to, to, to switch over to Tyson here. But I'm simply throwing this out here. I believe there's no way on earth Ali would whatsoever be afraid or intimidated by Tyson. Okay? And because of that, I think Tyson would lose his focus and his control during this fight tonight. And... Who knows? Does Ali start to leave him behind in points? Does he knock out Tyson? Or simply put, as I believe has happened in some of Tyson's losses, I believe 
in certain fights that he was not the victor. It wasn't so much his opponent beat him as it was Mike Tyson beat Mike Tyson. Hot take. Uh, in some circles, it's it's often referenced that Ali used psychology as a weapon, which he did. In those same circles, though, Mike Tyson used it as a security blanket or a crutch. He did. So my point in all this, look back at the fight records of Mike Tyson. Go back and look. You can find you could. There are several places on the web where you can find an entire fight by fight breakdown of Mike Tyson. Several places have those. You can you can see how many people were at the show, the date, the round, a full analysis. Good information for all you research geeks like me. Look at his records. It was harder for Tyson to beat the guys who simply were not afraid of him. Don't let fighters in the past bullshit you. There were a lot of guys who were afraid of Tyson, but you're a grown man, a professional fighter, so you can't let that soften right. your image. So you're going to put on a front. But there was legitimately guys right. like, oh, fuck, I got to step in the ring in six Biggs. months with Tyson? Biggs. Tyrell Biggs was born. Oh, yeah. He, yeah. He didn't yeah. Want no, no he didn't. But... More fighters than not were terrified of Mike Tyson. In his documentary, Tyson flat out said, I walk around the ring. I never take my eyes off my opponent. I'm looking for a sign of his fear. He'll fight hard for two or three rounds, but I know I've broke his spirit. Then again, with psychology, Tyson had a little, I won't say chink, maybe a little ding in Tyson's armor. And that was, in his psychology armor, that was the loss of Custy Amato. You know, yeah. D'Amato built up Tyson's confidence in himself. D'Amato, and, and when Cuss died, you, you know, you can't escape a debate about Tyson without hearing, well, if Custy Amato didn't die, or if Cuss was still alive, you know, Tyson would have retired. There's no denying the impact of the trainer and the father figure that Cuss was. Um, but Tyson relied heavily on D'Amato. And without him, Tyson's psychology, you know, it, it all kind of ties in. So basically, sorry, Mike, as far as psychology goes, Ali, um, hands down. <laughs> I made a typo in my notes. I put advantage Tyson at the end for the for the win, but in the in the but yeah, it's it's advantage Ali. Yes. Uh, now I didn't do a point on key wins. Uh, I talked about key losses here, so number eight's key loss. So just put KL. So and there's a reason we kind of covered the losses earlier, but we need to kind of circle back around because there's some good information here. Uh. Every great fighter eventually has his day where he gets caught, kisses the mat, or tastes defeat at the hands of a scorecard. At the end of both their careers, Ali and Tyson both suffered a couple of disappointing, embarrassing defeats. Uh, both losses on both men's records kind of anchor the sediments that neither men should have been in the ring anymore. Ali had three legitimate losses, Norton, Frazier, and Spinks. His most famous point, opponent was Joe Frazier. We just established that. It makes sense. Frazier was the first man to beat Ali. However, Ali won the next two fights. You know, the boxer that gave Ali his toughest bout, Ken Norton. 
Kim was a heavy underdog, won the first bout with Ali in a split decision. Ali beat him two more times. Uh, Ali's decision victories over Ken Norton are some of the most heavily disputed wins in boxing history. There's a lot of people that say Norton won those fights, da-da-da-da-da, whatever. Ken Norton fought Muhammad Ali from the outside. Uh, He neutralized Ali's potent jab, which we've talked about where the jab that jab would be what Ali would use to set up those speed combinations. Norton just kind of shut it down. Uh, the Norton fights were the only fights in which Ali really sh- struggled to find a groove. If you can just see he's out of sync, you yeah. know? So Tyson had four legitimate losses. Okay. Two to Holyfield, one to Lennox Lewis, one to Buster Douglas. Um, the funny thing about that, and this is why I was putting this in, those three guys had similar characteristics. Okay, Buster was six three with an eighty three inch reach that gave Tyson trouble. Uh, Douglas kind of moved around the ring in that fight, almost in a manner that would kind of look Ali esque. Okay, Lennis Lewis was six five with an eighty four inch reach and. 2002, I remember that fight clear. The only boxing pay-per-view we ever bought in my house. Lennox dominated Tyson. Yeah. And then Holyfield was 6'2 with a 78-inch reach. Uh, and the best I can say, all I need to say is that kept Tyson away. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Tyson's reach was 71 inches, okay? Which means he's effective in close, close. quarters. He, he liked to get yeah, close. Yeah, he got cl- close. His short reach would give him trouble against the taller fighters. Ali was six foot three and applied constant pressure. Ali was going to give Tyson fits. Yes. Uh, Ali's style was the exact style that gave you know Tyson fits. I just covered that. I don't know why I said that twice. <laughs> Anyways, Tyson never defeated a fighter of this style who wasn't afraid of him. So key loss advantage Muhammad Ali. Ali. So, I mean, this is pretty good so far. Yeah, yeah. So now we get to the last one. And you I know everybody's foaming at the mouth to hear this one. Stamina and endurance. Which would fall into training would fall uh, into Yeah, here. yeah. It's obvious who's going to get the advantage here, but I still want to go through it. How do how do prize fighters respond during the darkest hours of the fight? How can he go on if he can go on in the last few rounds of a championship fight when he's sitting on empty? Tyson was a power fighter. Who had la- who had less than half of his fights moved past the fourth round? Tyson loyalists are going to claim that he's it's gonna, his sheer brutality and power. He's going to get Ollie against the rope and yeah. just yeah. tee off. Yeah, and we'll get to that more. Tyson in later years would come out, and if you remember, shout out Adam Sweet, our lovable <laughs> boss. We love you, dog. That's right. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Talk That's about right. this episode. He'll, I guarantee he'll listen to it on the All way right, to work. But we were, me, you, and we're sitting there talking to Adam about this at his desk the other day. Never on company time, break time. Adam sits at his desk, break time. Never on company time. <laughs> we, uh, we said, I, I, I told you guys a story about Tyson came out years after he'd retired and said that uh, he had a severe young problem, a severe young, uh, a severe lung problem in his youth. Tyson would go in and try to end his fights early because he said if they went longer, he right. said I was knew I was right. going to fucking die. I couldn't hang. Right. So, uh, well, that's an, this is a no brainer then. Yeah. Right? Well, but 
I want to get through this. Ty, uh, Ali, on the other hand, different kind of guy. Almost 85% of Ali's fights went past round four, with the majority of those going for the distance. Tyson's power and suspect lungs kept him out of long fights, but his lack of endurance was apparent in fights that went long. Tyson lost six fights, five of those after the fourth round. When you compare fighters from the rounds to round... Oh, okay, here, here it was. When you compare fighters from the rounds to get... Things get worse for Tyson. Okay, yeah. So, basically what I told you earlier, how many rounds Ali had fought versus Tyson. And keep in mind, like I said at the beginning of this episode, um, I, I didn't factor in the 59th fight of Tyson's career, which just happened this past November during the COVID era against Jones. So... You got to take this with a grain of salt. There's a there's roughly around a 320 round difference, which means that Ali fought a hell of a lot more f- rounds. He could go the distance. Uh, anyways, the experience can't be discounted. Um, when it comes to stamina endurance, Ali was a boxer who fought to embarrass, outclass his opponents. And he found weaknesses and pushed them to the longer rounds to embarrass them. The case can be made that Mike Tyson would knock Ali out, but it wouldn't hold much weight. Ali lost five fights, four by decisions, only one was a knockout. Ali withstood punishment from some of the heaviest hitters in the history of the game. Frazier, Moore, Norton, Shavers, Foreman, and none of them knocked him out. So it's safe to say, at least as far as a breakdown, which anything is possible, it's safe to say... Tyson probably would not have knocked him out either. Right. So, stamina and endurance advantage goes to Ali. So, final breakdown here. Tyson was a physical specimen. Okay? And it shows in the categories that he has all over. Uh, he has over Ali. He's far superior in power, hand speed, and defense. I think that's what you got, right? Yes. Power okay. Tyson. Hands Tyson. Defense. Uh, on the speed, yeah, and defense, Tyson, yes. Okay, put those three together. Power, hand speed, and defense. What is that? That's like three of the top five most yes. critical components Tools in boxing. Of yeah. boxing. Yes. Ali was a more complete fighter than what Mike Tyson was, though. And he takes home, was it seven or eight categories? So you should have Ali with style, chin, foot speed, heart, psychology, key losses, and stamina endurance. Right? Is that about what we got yep. down there? Yep. Okay. There's something else I want to note. I want to put in here. Ali was no slouch, though, when it came to power and speed. But he was no Tyson. Tyson, on the other hand, had major deficiencies in chin, heart, psychology, and stamina. And any <coughs> opponent who beat Ali did so in a hot-fought battle that went at least 10 rounds. Frazier won a unanimous decision of 15 rounds. Ken Norton, split decision, 12 rounds. Leon Spinks, split decision, 15 rounds. Larry Holmes won by TKO in round 10. And in Ali's last fight against Trevor Burbick, unanimous decision, 10 rounds. For Mike Tyson to defeat Muhammad Ali, he would have to take him down quick. Yes. The problem with that is if some of the best boxers in American history couldn't do it, and I called them what again? The... Murderers Murder row, yeah. Murder, if a murderer's row if boxing existed, yeah. These guys couldn't take Ali down. Right. Do you think Tyson can do it? This 
Okay, now I still don't know if we're going to simulate the fight. I'm kind of wanting to, but based off this, we'll, we'll figure out where we're at because we still got more to cover. So maybe we simulate the fight like I promised. I ran out of time or else it would already be in the notes. But this fight, based off the mashup here, this fight would be pretty hard fought the first few rounds. And if Tyson couldn't get him by round six, I think this is where Ollie starts to pull yeah. away and Tyson gets just yeah. fucking pissed. Oh, I agree. So he opens himself up to mistakes or he does something stupid to get disqualified. And uh, so, yeah, so, so there's the breakdown. A shout out again to... You know, Bleach Report, Boxing Guru, Ringside Report, Top Class Boxing, Fighter Rec, Boxing Rec, USAL, just all of you motherfuckers. Thank you. Pretty fair assessment right there, I believe. You think? I, yeah, I think so. Okay. Well, let's uh, keep moving uh, here. We've got a little bit left to go. So, you want to do another ad read? We're doing an ad read yeah, with music yeah. this time. It's kind of fun. Okay, so I got something to tell you. Right on. So Nana sent us our candle. Yeah. And I have not burned it yet. It smells fucking delicious. It's a blueberry cheesecake yeah. candle. And I, I wanted to burn it. <laughs> I wanted to burn it over here, but uh, I didn't. So one of our favorite sponsors, uh, Nana's Aroma LLC. Check her out, nanasaromallc.com. Check her on Facebook. She has a store, her hours in store limited. Um, she's widowed. She's uh, went back to work to make ends meet. She's still doing her candles. She does have a store. You can go in and visit, but please call for an appointment. Give her a phone call at 812-972-3670. Send her a message on Facebook. She's the sweetest That's lady. That's what I hear, yeah. Sweet, sweet lady. She gave us a free candle. She didn't even have to. And she right. made... And, uh, Smells good, so good. Blueberry cheesecake. But she does she does her own candles. She does everything herself. Or makes her own labels, hand wicks them. Uh, everything's done in-house by her. Um, she runs her candles in small batches, better quality control. Right, That's what right. I think is cool instead of mass producing them. Uh, she does wax melts. She does air fresheners, more than warmers. Just uh, Anyways, Nana's Aromas LLC, sweetest lady you'll ever meet. Check her out. Right on. So, son, um, let me see where I'm at here. Okay. I want to read a quote to you uh, from Marcus Smith from Bleacher Report. Um, he wrote, Few sporting debates can incite a riot like what Ali versus Tyson will. In most major sports... Loyalty is location-based. Yankees fans hate the Red Sox. Packers fans hate the Bear fans. Uh, <laughs> due to LeBron Gate and the decision in 2010, for the longest time, Cavs fans hated the Heat. In boxing, loyalty is an age-based commodity. So why I have that in there is... That's pretty interesting. Because uh, of what he had said... That he's a veteran of Tyson and Ali debates, and he said it usually takes less than a minute before it blows up into a full-blown controversy <laughs> with fuck yous being traded right. across the webs. He said, Team Muhammad Ali is usually composed of older gentlemen. They dig in and say Ali was entirely too fast for a lumbering half-wit like Mike Tyson. 
Team Tyson is normally composed of younger kids who sometimes don't know their ass from a hole in the ground, <laughs> but they dig in and say that Kid Dynamite's punching power and intimidating persona would have shut Ali down. Team Tyson always, and I mean always, predicts a quick knockout from Tyson. Uh, if you know anything about boxing, you'll know that while these arguments are completely unfounded, they could be true, but... And this was the debate at work, right? Yeah, I mean... Which we're going to get to that. I, I had a poll on this, which we'll get to this here in just a couple of seconds. Uh, everybody that picked Tyson simply said It'd Tyson was going to oh, knock him out quick. Yep. So I want to I want to argue both of these points here. Ollie was just too fast. Ollie fans have a love affair with his speed. He was fast. The legend of his speed was magnified by the fact that at the time, uh, heavyweights in Tyson's era moved a hell of a lot slower. Yeah. Which means you know. Anyways, the Tyson argument. Tyson would knock Ollie out. Tyson fans have a love affair with his power and intimidating persona. He made grown men cry like baby back bitches, which he did. <laughs> his intimidating ring entrance freaked people out, uh, and it broke a lot of guys down. But none of those guys were a murderer's no, row. Like yeah. what? I love that. That's gonna be when we yeah. We're gonna re-record the opening from two weeks ago because it sucked. But I gotta get that quote in there: "Murderer's row." I tried to edit it and take clips from every episode we did and put it together on my computer. It did not turn out pretty. So, but uh, so I don't know. So there, there's arguments for those points. Now the winner of tonight's fight, do they become the undisputed king of the ring, Kurt? I, I think so. You think so. Yeah, I think I would agree with you. I mean, I just I gotta get you. I mean, holy crap! We talked about it earlier what kind of buzz this would create. This fight, I'm, I'm telling you, I believe uh, 750 million to 1.5 billion I, dollars in revenue. I can't fathom really what would be going on. It's everybody, a lot of fucking money. Everybody would know about the fight. Okay, so many people consider Ali to be the greatest of all time, and. What I'm getting ready to say, uh, some people also claim Tyson to be the GOAT. I've heard people put Tyson in GOAT status before. What I'm saying, all accolades aside, everything aside, right here in the Steel Toes and Scoreboards universe, the winner of this fight tonight, I will die on this hill. This is a hot take, and I believe you'll die on it too. The winner of tonight's fight is without a doubt the greatest of all time. Yes. Now, this is what I was talking to you about earlier. And it's just a brief little point that I want to make. And I'm going to ask you a question, and then I'm going to go into detail. Will there be a rematch? I know we haven't even had the fight yet, so it's hard to think. But in your mind, would you see a rematch? Or is this a one-and-done shot? a one-and-done shot. Okay. Tyson did the sequel with Holyfield. Ali did the sequel with Liston. He did the trilogy with Frazier. Um the trilogies or sequels whatever with Norton I realize this is kind of putting the cart before the horse and but I just wanted to point this out just for a simple fact of while boxing is a sport 
it's also a business. The NFL is a sport, but at the end of the day, the National Football League is a business. Okay, so at the end of the day, boxing is a business. And while the fighters, some themselves, have made more money than they could ever spend, it gets to a point where they don't care about the money anymore, unless you're Floyd Mayweather, who cares about the money all the time. Um, I think the powers that be in the sport of boxing and the people that run the pay-per-views would try to get a rematch. Oh, yeah. And the only reason I say that is the gate, the pay-per-view, if they're doing $750 million in total revenue in the first fight, one can only imagine that a rematch would do over a billion dollars, especially if Tyson won the first fight. If Ali won the fight, there's no rematch. If Tyson won, there's a rematch. Do you think you could, they could even get the two to fight each other? They were great. A, a they second were, time? They, no, even one time. They were great friends, weren't they? I mean, they, were, they were. I mean. These, these guys, two had a love affair with each other. Yeah, I mean, think about that. I mean, but, do you think they would fight each other? In real life, I don't know. But here in our universe. Well, the people. The, here in our universe, it, yeah. it's. Uh, it's simply Ali's the one that issues the challenge. You know what, kid? You're a great fighter, and I just want to see how good. Because Tyson would never challenge Ali. No. But Ali would go, all I hear the last couple of years is you've been in my shadow, and yeah. you know what? I just got to know. Yeah. I just got to know. I can see that, yeah. Um, it, yeah, given Ali's persona, I mean, yes. I agree with that. But I believe that it's even for somebody like Tyson who can be stupid with his money and Ali, I believe at the end of the day, it's not about money for these two guys. So what I'm here to tell you is I couldn't speak for real history if this would ever happen. But in the Steel Toes and Scoreboards universe, this is a once in a lifetime event. Absolutely. Even if Tyson wins, there's no rematch. Right. Um, I know there could be a substantial amount of money left on the table. Especially if Tyson won and Ali was coming for his comeback. But in our universe, there is absolutely no rematch. One for the greatest of all time. One done. Now, this is something I wanted to mention, and I said I was going to wait. Um, And unfortunately, Kurt, this is where I have my last note. So if we're going to simulate a fight, we're all going to do it on the fly and and on the whim. So this is my last notes. In the two weeks that I had to prepare for this episode since we pushed the recording back, which real life happens, bro. I thought you were dying on me for a few days. Uh, I didn't feel very good. Son. Uh, I'm doing better now. That's I'm glad. Yeah, I can't do this show without you, dog. I can't straight. You always tell me, oh, I don't help out that much. Without you, I'm an idiot talking to a mic. At least... With you, I'm an idiot talking into a mic with another (laughs) idiot. So, (laughs) right on. But I did some polling. I polled people at work. I polled people at my part time job at the grocery store. I polled friends. I polled family. I polled on social media, Twitter, and Facebook. I ended up and I kept track. And I don't have the fucking pay. I forgot everything but that sheet of paper I had in my pocket. I polled 200 people. Who wins? Tyson versus Ali. Who wins? Well, people would give me this and this, and I'd say just 63 to 67, Ollie, 80 to 80, right. or 85 to 90, Tyson. At times, 
This was close. Yeah. At times, there was one point where Ali was ahead by like 25 votes. Yeah. So I polled a hundred, or I polled two hundred people. I didn't bother to ask people for the outcomes. I said, just give me the clear cut winner. And in the end, there was uh, what is that? Eight votes, maybe something like that. Yeah, I guess eight, eight votes. It come out. Mike Tyson, Muhammad Ali, biggest fight in boxing history out of two hundred voters. Muhammad Ali wins one hundred and four to ninety six. To me, that's still crazy that's close. That's close. less than single. That's yeah. single digits. Yeah. So which, uh, and a lot of these votes, and this is what we were just talked about a few minutes ago. Age. No. Well, well, that it's also coming from people. The Tyson votes going. Tyson's going to get in there and clean his clock in minutes. I got to admit, I'm one of those guys. That, yeah, it was you, and uh, I was on the Ali train. From me and you were you were the first person. Our right. two votes. We haven't argued yet. No, we, about, we haven't had an argument. I mean, it, so here you go. Fuck it. This is where my notes run out, dude. I have no more notes. Look at the keyboard. This this was page twenty two. 9,000 words, this is where it runs out. I have no more material right here other than I've got all that printed out shit and random shit. So, um, all right, let's hear your argument. You make an argument, I'll make it. Let's hear your Uh-oh, argument. I, I'm one of those guys that think that he's going to get in close somehow early. And when For, he un- Forget about the mic being right here. When he unleashes, It's just me and you talking. When he unleashes the f- uh, fist of flurry and fury, I don't know. It oh boy, <laughs> but that's what I'm gonna stand by. I'm, I'm saying within five rounds, uh, he's knocked him out. Okay. And uh, yeah, that's so a, my co-host Kirk Kelly is going. And, and Mike Tyson, same guy did put Franco Harris in the top ten Pittsburgh yeah. Steeler list. Or the uh, oops. Heinz Ward. Or the Heinz Ward. All-time career rushing and receiving leader, and you put him in the honorable mention. Hey, this is your baby. This was your hey. team. Um, I think, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go down and say uh, within, within six rounds. Within Def- six rounds. Within six rounds. So, Kirk Kelly, hot take. Yes. Within six rounds. Yeah, Mike Tyson. I love you, brother. Okay. Well, that was a terrible high five. I well, sucked at that. I thought coming in for a fist bump at first, and I switched it on you. Uh, okay, I'm going Muhammad Ali. Um, I, I I would love to see this, and in the Steel Toes and Scoreboards universe, you and I are sitting ringside. We got front row seat. Matter of fact, we're honorary corner team members. I'm in. Ali's corner. So we're seeing this better than anybody. Right. We're fucking leaning on the apron of the ring. Uh what I think I think this fight starts to go. We get past round three or four. There's a lot of good connecting shots. I believe Ali and we're taking out the three knockdown rule here. The okay. three knockdown rule because we really want to let these cats just hang, yeah. you know? So the three knockdown rule is out. And I say that because Ollie's kissing the mat in the first three rounds at least once. But at the same time, Tyson's kissing the mat in each. So it's it really is the back and forth heavyweight brawl. But at the end of the day, the bell sounds. Here we're coming out for round five. And Tyson's working working in, you know, 
Ali's dancing and show, and and this is the biggest fight in history. Right. There's 500 million fucking people on pay per view that paid money to see this. There's 20, 25, 30,000 people in the garden. Ali's showboating, and Ali, you know, for all intents and purposes, Tyson has beat himself. Ali has beat himself in some aspects. But the but the it goes to the entertainment factor. Ali is shuffling. Okay, he slips. When he slips, Tyson lunges for. So Tyson's rocking, got him up on the corner. Ali goes in for the clinch. Okay, and this is my show, me and Kurt show. I always say my show, but I have the equipment, so I call him. This is me and Kurt show. So referee Mills Lane is the one calling this okay. fight. And you know how Mills was that big old ball. Mills gets in between them, separates them. Okay. They come back out. Ali comes dancing in. Tyson throws a right. Ali ducks it, leans back. Ali, boom, just out of nowhere. Here comes the left. Tyson didn't have enough time to get the guard up. It rocks Tyson. Ali hits him again, rocks him again. Another one. Tyson starts to stumble. Then in comes Ali with a speed they've never seen before. And Muhammad Ali turns into Mike Tyson and pummels him and pummels him. And Mills Lane stops the fight at the end of round seven. Knockout, Knockout. Muhammad Ali. Yeah. Ali beats Tyson in a way that Tyson beats so many. Man, yeah, that could very well happen. Yeah. So that's me. So now what I think I'm going to do, I think it's better for this episode to leave people thinking. So I think I'm not going to simulate the fight tonight. Right. I think right. we kind of did a match style mashup. We gave our own opinions. So now it's for you people to to form your own opinions. So I know I've been talking all week that I'll probably simulate a fight. And if I had more time and I had more notes, I probably would have done that. But, you know, just, you know, I had a busy I mean, weekend. So out of 10 attributes for each fighter, I mean, it, it comes up Ali. And there's a. That's not to say Tyson wouldn't, but in my mind. Well. Ali gets him, and he gets him in a manner in which Tyson got some, which would just be befitting. Yeah. Because Tyson yeah. Tyson wouldn't beat himself. He would get beat, but he got beat in the manner. Because, and the reason I say that happened that way is because both of these guys are alive in their prime during right. this 2021. They're aware of the hype. They know about the, each other. They know how each other is. They've know, They're good friends. They've studied. They both know that they're going to have to do something that they've never fucking done before right. to try to get to you. If Tyson was going to win, he would have to either knock him out or try to hang 12 rounds in I, points. Wouldn't happen. <sighs> I mean, it, yeah, I don't think he'd go. He could this go, is the great thing about debates. Nobody's uh, ever wrong. Right. I mean. This was our first, one of our first legitimate has, disagreements. Has uh, EA Sports ever simulated a Tyson no, but Ali. God damn it, that's one thing I should have checked on YouTube. Well, I mean, I've seen some uh, YouTube stuff where uh, Tyson is taking on different characters yeah. or whatever. That would be, you know, one of the you know you remember that clip I sent you? It was the day after we recorded the Steelers episode. I sent you that clip that was forty five minutes long of all of Tyson's knockouts. Right. The funny thing about that, I'm just laughing about this, is the thumbnail image on that was Tyson in the ring with Brock Lesnar. <laughs> if yeah. you go, I was yeah. like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> that would be that would be something. So, yeah. um, so this is where I run out of notes. So this is where we're gonna have to freestyle a little bit. So, 
like I always hit you with, we're going to do a little bit of word association. Right on. And remember, because I like the way you do, the way you participate in this, it's not one word. Right. Or else I would call it one word. Right. So the first thought that comes to mind. So here we go. Word association. Mike Tyson. <laughs> Ferocious. Okay. Uh, Muhammad Ali. Pizzazz. 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 Uh, yeah. Tyson versus Ali. Oh. Monumental. That hell yeah. Monumental. They're definitely monumental. Yeah. Okay. History changing. Tyson's era. Soft. Ali's era. Bruisers. Holy crap. Murderers Row. Murderers Row. <laughs> what about the state of boxing today? Oh, boy. Not good. I would say downswing. That's that's oh, what comes to yeah, mind. Downswing. Sure. For sure. No offense to Tyson Fury or Deontay Wilder. Uh, boxing today. It just ain't commanding. The- downswing. Oh, yeah. yeah. So... And uh, UFC like, has a lot to do with that. Right? You know, and that's the thing. Like, the the rise of UFC and MMA as a whole, like, who doesn't enjoy it? I enjoy the shit out of it. But because of the rise that, that really, what really, in my mind, what really shot that thing in the ass and it took off was the first season of Ultimate Fighter. You had yeah. Forrest Griffin. And who the fuck was the other guy that Forrest Griffin fought? I can't even remember his name now. But it, it took off. Daniel Corrier. Bonner. It was Bonner. Stephen Bonner. Stephen Bonner. Yeah. Fuck yeah, Kurt. Look at you. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Stephen Bonner. Yeah, I've watched Oh, man. And that's what, <laughs> you know, people were texting. Like, tune in to fucking Spike TV right now. See yeah, this. Yeah. That was that was about 15, 16 years ago. Yeah. And it, look, at, look at UFC since. Look at MMA. Yeah. And because of that, you boxing's kind of. You remember the first, very first? UFC. Oh, we've got Gra- Hoist Gracie, Gracie, Shamrock, Dan Severn, Dan the Beast Severn, yeah, uh, Mark Sim- the Hammer Coleman, all them guys. Yeah, they had a couple a bar brawler, and they had. A- we will do an MMA episode just so I can once again talk about Mirko Krokop oh. because uh, kick your head. Krokop didn't have it. a lot of success in UFC. He more had his success than pride, and. You think about pride fight getting getting off track for which meant which we do every episode. I don't even know why I tell everybody to get off track anymore. But I think about pride. I think about the battles between Wanderlei Silva, Silva and yeah. Dan Henderson. Dan Henderson, yeah. Good God, I love me some Dan Henderson. <laughs> yeah, he was tough. Oh man, he's fucking. Uh. So there was some word association. So Ali, the greatest of all time. Uh. On paper, yes, for <laughs> sure. And, I mean, and, we just had a seven hundred and fifty yeah. million dollar revenue fight yeah. right here. That's uh, greatest, yeah, he wins greatest ever. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the last thing I want to do, um, to tie up some some loose ends here, and, and to all the people that that are listening, the people that at work said they actually wanted to check out the podcast and hear. You know, not that I don't mention the podcast to you fuckers all the time, but all of a sudden everybody's interested in hearing the podcast because it's Tyson versus Ali. I said I was going to simulate the fight. In a way, we kind of did. Yeah, 
Yeah. But uh, as as Kurt knows, uh, he came back to my desk or my table. I should I should call it my table, not my desk, where I keep all my paperwork and everything. But he said, "How are we going to simulate a fight?" I said, "I don't know." So I'm gonna type up a round by round, and I just ran. I know I had two weeks to prepare, but it was a lot to research. There was a lot of research to type out this particular episode, right. so I ran out of time. So we didn't get the full fight simulation. Uh, so here we're locked, which now everybody had their opinion on their votes, but now it came down to me and Kurt, and when you know it, we're fucking even with you. So, I mean, that it's up to you guys. You just think about it. I mean, if this was at the end of their careers, who knows? Uh, the real question here, though, and, and I saw this on uh, the L.A. Times article uh, that I read about this. You know, we know who wins in their prime here, but who wins against uh joe lewis <laughs> so pro- probably joe lewis rocky marciano rocky marciano undefeated, undefeated rocky rocky marciano. Yeah. uh so the last thing here um i got like three things i want to try to cover here so we're this is sh- one of our short we hadn't had an episode this short in a while we're at two hours the last three of them have been over three hours uh, the last people I want to plug, and you're going to smile because you're going to ask me about this, and I, and I have to tell you something. Something has changed a little bit. So, uh, Glary... Wait, wait. I want to do it this way. There, there you go. go. Glarymusic.com. Glary is spelled G-L-A-R-R-Y. Glarymusic.com. Check them out on Facebook. Uh, give them a phone call. 606-404-6286. Um... I bought two acoustics in January. I bought a GT501 and a GT502. One was a dreadnought. One was in a concert cutaway acoustic. So and sound good. Sound good. Loud. Good. I always good. say good. Good. Uh, I say an eighty-dollar guitar that sounds and plays like a three hundred-dollar guitar. Good. So, talking about Glary for a minute. So, you know what I'm getting ready to say, yeah. talk about, but there's a caveat. Because here I have my list, too, don't I? <laughs> yeah. So something has slightly changed a little bit. So I had told Kurt I've been wanting to get an electric. Last time I was here till 4 o'clock in the morning, Kurt was playing with his uh, Les Paul. And uh, I was like, man, I want an electric. But I don't want to break the bank. So I already bought two from Glary, which, of course, one was for Zach. He paid me for it. I have mine. And I say it's an $80 guitar that looks, sounds, plays like a three, $400 guitar. Sounds good. And I tag Larry in every post when I post on our social media website. Check out our Steel Toes and Scoreboards Facebook page. Uh, and I message him. So I message him be like, hey, you know, when I initially set up this unofficial, that they agreed to unofficially sponsor us, uh, when I initially set this up, they're like, well, when you do some more, when you do some Steel Toes episodes, which is when we don't talk sports, right. you do some music, you know, maybe we'll send you some gear to promote. So I messaged them last week and I said, you know, I said, I think we're going to do a Steel Toes episode coming pretty soon and uh, probably do some music, probably talk about guitar. Because I love talking about guitars. Oh, I do too. I, I, I could talk about guitar. I love guitars. Me too. So. And I said, but um, we're going to promote you guys like we normally do. But when we do our music and our guitar episode, kind of a hybrid episode, I said, we're going to really drive home how much I just amazed that this guitar I bought from you guys sounds like it does. 
and it didn't break the bank. I was like, but I'm looking to possibly purchase an electric. You know, what 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 can you give me? Do you have any deals going on? What do you want me to say? And they wrote back saying, we will give you a guitar amp combo at a discounted price. I said, how discounted? They, you know, which I don't want to say this over the air, covering the mic. Kurt knows how yeah. much. It was a significant yes. discount. Get a, and it's it's uh, their version of a, I don't remember, I got to look at it. It was either a Tele or a Strat, wasn't it? I think it might have been a Strat. Right. Or maybe it was, t- anyways. And they're going to send an amp. And they said, we will do this on the condition that your next episode um, be about music and guitars. And I said, well, I'll tell you what. I said, we're getting ready to record Tyson vs. Ali this weekend. And I've got another sports episode in the can I want to do first. I said, so then after that, I'll do the guitar. So hopefully by that time, I, they're not giving us free gear yet. Maybe one day they will. But, but I'm getting this discount at a significant price. This is, I mean, this isn't going to break the bank by no means. Right. So the very next episode we do after the one we're getting ready to pick now um, will be a music episode, which we'd already talked about. You know, we're going to talk a lot of guitars, and you'll play it. And I said, maybe I gave you choices at work. I want to do kind of like a band history. Right. We settled on Kiss. Yes. So, yep. And that's because I watched the documentary on Kiss not that long ago on A&E. I was excited. So we're, we'll do a little history. <laughs> do a little – wait, where's my laugh? Do a little – do a little, little history. Yes. Um, so, so there's that. And uh, so that's why I have the list. So, and I got something else to tell you. All right. This is a really good episode, don't you think? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, you're going you're gonna to laugh and you're going to shake your head and you're, I know you're going to be like, only you. Uh, time is it? Oh, hell, damn it. It's barely 4 o'clock. <laughs> so, me and professional wrestling, right? Yeah. And you laugh. Adam does too. Adam laughs at the stupid, the stupid knowledge and stats I can rattle off. Oh my gosh! Yeah. So, I mean, you've told this story a hundred times. We went into quarantine last year. Was when I first really started getting into podcasts, right? And then I found pro wrestling podcasts, which dominates half of what I listen to in the car <laughs> with my earbuds in at night. Which was part of the reason I want to do a podcast. I want to do a wrestling podcast now. You said, me and you can do a wrestling one sometime, and that's true, we will. But you're not that in-depth with it is what I am. No, So, over this past weekend, and you're going to laugh, the foundation was laid this weekend, Friday night and yesterday morning, to where... I'm gonna be doing another podcast. <laughs> I need this already. So I got some guys, some some guys on my Facebook, and I and I put a message out about guys involved with the wrestling business, retired wrestlers, referees, ring crew guys, everybody. Uh, basically, uh, and and this will all be remote. I have the equipment here. I got to figure in a couple. I got to get a phone connection for the recorder to where I can call them, and then he'll call. So we'll have a three way call kind of. Uh, but there, there's I'm gonna be splitting time between this and a pro wrestling podcast, which and I, I'm gonna say this now: steel toes and scoreboards takes precedent over the wrestling podcast. This one here with me and you, because I like 
we're slowly building this slowly but it's taken off my focus remains on this one first but i made the joke that i am now to be known as the pod father <laughs> there you go. Right on. i wish you guys could see kurt's face <laughs> That's the pod pretty, father. Pretty good, man. The pod father. I, like I said that to my dad before I left the house and oh, came over man. here. Uh, he, he goes, going to go do another broadcast. <laughs> and I said, yeah. So I thought Kurt was coming here. I said, well, plans change. Long story. I said, but <laughs> I said, he goes, you idiot. He goes, nobody's listening to that. I said, I'll have you know, bud. <laughs> this thing's taken off. Last week, we had 20-something views yeah. the other day. And they all came from Europe. He goes, well, whoop-de-fucking-do. <laughs> he's just very supportive. Yeah. I said, I'll have you know, I'm getting ready to start a wrestling podcast in a few weeks. You can call me the podfather. And he goes, I don't claim you. Get out. <laughs> so he said, like, it's my house. Shout out, B. Shout out, B. Shout out, my old man. Yeah. Kurt. Kurt loves my dad. Uh, yeah. My dad specifically told me to tell Kurt. I said, you want me to tell Kurt anything? Tell him, fuck you, and I like you. <laughs> I said, what? He said, tell Kurt, fuck you, yeah. and I like you. Uh, that so, sounds, sounds like my old man, yeah, don't it? Yeah, for sure. Okay. So we know what episode we're doing in a couple weeks. So now we need to figure out what episode we're either going to record on Friday, this which is being five days, or two weeks from now when I come see you on a Saturday. Because here... We've only done two Sunday episodes. We either do early Friday afternoons or late Saturday nights, and either time we have fun. Oh, yeah. Uh, and since we let the viewers pick, the few viewers that voted, I'm going to let you pick. I mean, you know, we have a laundry list of topics here. Let me close this. I mean... I hate that. When I go to edit that, you can always see the where it moves. You can oh, yeah. tell it's when the mic stand got bumped. So, what are you in the mood to talk about? You want to talk baseball? You want to talk basketball? You want me to just give you some suggestions? Uh, you want to do another World Series? You want to do an NBA Finals, a Super Bowl? Uh, you want me to just rattle off some shit? Yeah, rattle off some shit. That was, this was our first. Whatever strikes me, I hate what is special? Tyson versus Ali. This one wasn't even on the list. It was on the original list that we made that got stained up and I had to cross it off. I mean, that, that list has only stood around. No, it's right here. Number three. <laughs> Tyson versus Ali. So, mark it off for this. And like I always say, we're not going to do every one of these nor in order, obviously. Right. So, that's, so that's some, some suggestions. Yes. Okay. So I'll throw out some suggestions. That was our first one of special. I'm proud of that one. Good episode. Uh, um, I'm looking. I'm looking. What should we talk about? <laughs> Kurt's like, Mike's on. Mike's hot. Mike's hot. Drum roll. Drum roll. Um, I don't talk about anything. Okay, well, smoke keeps going in my eye. All right, so here's 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 what we we'll do. I'm gonna throw out five suggestions. All right. And 
he sees me opening this sheet. He knows what's on this sheet of paper is some World Series to cover, which I never did cross that one off. So, here we go. We can do the 1986 World Series, which would be Mets. Uh, brain fart. Who did that? Who is it? Red Sox. Yeah, Mets and Red Sox. Okay. So, we got the 86 World Series. Um. Oh, gosh. Let's do 86 World Series. Let's do from the University of Kentucky. Now, what I, what I have with that is that's just about why is there no dynasties in college basketball anymore? All these kids go in the NBA, and the whole reason it said from the University of Kentucky is Calipari's the Saban in college basketball. All he's doing is putting kids in the NBA right. like Saban's right. taking kids from Bama to the NFL. So we do that one. We could cover Jack versus Arnie, who really was the real king there. Um, steroids in baseball, which would be a big one. I don't know how I would start prepping that one. Hey, that'd be tough. And or so one, two, four, so far three. Yep, steroids in baseball. Or, you know what? Let's cover. I've already got an idea which way I'm leaning. Well, hang on. I might change it here with this one. Who knows? Um, fuck it. Let's throw this one out there, too. Uh, Magic versus Bird. <laughs> that changes things a little bit. So here, here, here's your options. So we got Magic versus Bird. We've got steroids in baseball. Eighty-six World Series. Uh, Jack versus Arnie. Or why is there no dynasties in college basketball anymore? I, 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 the one that really struck me was why is there no dynasties, dynasties in college, college basketball? basketball? Man, I don't even know how I would fucking start prepping for that one. I'd have to think about it overnight. But obviously, I want to talk about it because yeah. I wrote it on there. I think it sounds like a good topic. So, okay. So, next week, yeah. uh, from the University of Kentucky, which won't really be the title, but I just put that in there to humor myself the day I did it. So, we'll talk about why is there no dynasties in college basketball anymore? Why is so many kids one and done? There's so. Yeah. There'd be a lot to talk about there for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, um,. Well, this was our first What If special, Tyson versus Ali. Um, I'm happy with it, I think. Oh, I mean, yeah. Good content again, for sure. Yeah, good content. Uh, anything else you want to say? Anything else? About anything? <sighs> the Olympics are going on right now, which I ain't watched any Yeah, I haven't been paying any attention to it, really. This is the first time I think I haven't watched an Olympics. I don't know. I just it feels so weird. It's supposed to be the 2020 Olympics. It's the 2021 now. Yeah, COVID really fucked everything. Sure did. There will be. It's the number two listed episode 
the COVID era sports, the 2020 year sports, because that fucked everything. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Unprecedented. You know the next what if special? This one went good. I don't know if I revisit the KD episode or uh, the one I really want, and me and Adam have talked about this at work quite a bit, is the whole what if Bobby Knight never left IU? <laughs> that would be a good episode, yes. Do they ever get another Final Four? Do they ever get another championship? Their last championship, I believe, was 87, 87. which was the year I was born. They made it to the championship. It was it oh, They made a Final oh, Four appearance or something like that. It's 2000, 99, something like that. Dole, you got any idea? Uh, what year did IU make it to the last Final Four? Wasn't it like the late 90s, 2000? 2001, yeah, Mike Davis. Mike Davis. Yeah, which would have been shortly. After Bobby. Uh, yep. I love Bobby Knight. I, I do too, I mean. <laughs> Throw a chair, choke a player out. <laughs> it definitely had a unique way of getting his point across a lot of times. Yeah, so. So, all right, we got the next two episodes in the can then. Uh, Why is there no dynasty in college basketball? And then Kistory. Kistory. And we talked not only about Kiss, but we talked about guitars. And hopefully by that point, we're playing a new guitar. That Yeah. I can't say what the discount is, but let me tell you people it's that it's uh, I'm basically buying this guitar for dimes, pretty much. Yeah. So, uh, of course, you know, Glary's, I don't want to say cheap. They are very cost efficient, and I'm getting a guitar for dimes, basically. And I have no doubt that this electric guitar that we get is going to be a rock. Oh yeah, because like I said, and Kurtz Kurtz held my new acoustic, and I paid eighty dollars for that guitar, and it plays and it sounds like a three four hundred dollar guitar. Yeah, yeah, it sounds really good. I plucked around on it a little bit. You, hell, you play it better than I do, but. All right, guys. So for uh, Kurt Kelly and shout out to uh, Ethan Doyle, our third anchor, who as soon as I can get another mic and headphones, uh, Doyle's kind of got the uh, the gravy job here. He's going to pick which episodes he gets to participate on because his schedule is kind of limited. So some episodes he'll be joining us with a mic and headphones and some episodes he won't be. But uh, so all right, man. Uh, had fun. I had fun. Oh, this yeah. is a good episode. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's uh, Sunday afternoon, about four o'clock. We got to go back to the hell hole tomorrow. Yeah, well, at least it's not supposed to be so hot. Not, yeah, that's not a, the first that's, part of the week. At least I didn't hear about the second half. That's a plus. All right, bro. Well, everybody, we hope you guys enjoyed. What if special Tyson versus Ali? Kurt goes Tyson. I go Ali. What say you? <laughs> and uh, I love you, bro. Yeah, right, I couldn't do this without you. Really. And uh, we will see you guys next time. God bless you. God bless.